everyone, and welcome back to Class 1A Popped Off's My Here Academia podcast. I am one of your homeroom teachers, Andrew Nimsgern, but you may know me as the big business hero advert. I had to force that one out. I'm not going to lie, but I am working on it and rolling with it, as James would say, because alongside me, as always, I have James Graham and Dylan Beal, but you may know them as their hero names as well of Apothecary and Advert. How are you guys? Not Advert. I was so close. Fanfic. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. I'm ready. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready. working on it. I'm trying. I'm ready to talk about the season. It's a good season. We're getting close to the end. We're getting close to the new season, so I'm hyped. I'm, I'm hyped if... Uh if my my co-host doesn't have a stroke I, i'd be hyped if that didn't happen but it sounds like he's well on his way but yeah no this uh this back half, who's gonna have a stroke you you're having a stroke because you me yeah you can't seem to get names right i gotta worry about facial droop with you start slurring your speech it's gonna be a mess so i already slur my speech that's just a daily thing for me. <laughs> but i am get i am hyped for the second half because we get my one of my favorite characters in the entire series introduced so i'm excited to talk about him Oh, yeah. I, I'm like, who is this going to be? But you've mentioned him several times already. So exactly. someone probably has an idea already. But um, this is going to be our last actual season recap. We are going to be caught up to the anime after this episode. So um, what the next two weeks are going to look like before we move into the actual new season is next week we will be doing the um, movie review. As time of recording, we are going to do a uh, Discord community watch along. But... It'll be way too late for you guys by then, but we are getting close to doing the movie, and then we will be doing a shorter episode, trying to get a little closer to the actual episode length of that 20 to 40 minutes, which we want to shoot for during the regular season the following week, the week before we launch, which will be making some like prop bats and predictions of what the season's going to be looking at, kind of what we're looking forward to, and just kind of an overall review. So that's what the next couple of weeks are going to be looking like before we move into the actual season, which starts so, so soon. Yeah, and if there's anything that you want to talk to us about or have any questions uh, for us about during that time, you can probably send that into, um, you know, message us on Twitter or something if you have any questions about the new season. I'm sure we're super hyped to answer any of them. Yeah, and for anybody who's wondering where you can kind of reach us as far as like those new suggestions and everything like that, um, you can find us at Twitter on Twitter at popped underscore off, and you can email us at contact at poppedoff.com. Either, either of those. And then, of course, we went a little out of uh, order here, so we are getting a little screwed up on the introduction. So I just want to say, of course, but we are still a new podcast. We're going on it. We're growing. We love making this for you. So if you guys do want to leave a five-star review, it does help us get found by other ones. I'm not blaming Dylan. I know we're just kind of going by it on the just going off here. Don't worry. Thought he's giving me a big reaction right now. I'm just saying it does mean the world to us. Just letting us know that you like the show by leaving a five-star review, downloading, telling your friends, anything like that. But unless you guys do have something else you want to say, we can jump into the final 13 episodes of season three of the My Hero Academia anime. Well, if you're done being the big business hero and advertising us, I think we're good to go. Okay. I'll take it. So we are going to be breaking it up into a couple of different sections. I know the last couple of weeks we've only done two. We will be breaking into three. The first one is going to be the dorms arc moving up right until the exam actually starts. Then we'll have the actual um, hero exam. And then we'll end the season with kind of the remaining 
episodes. I can't really think of a clever name for what those episodes are called, but we'll end up with about three or four episodes towards the end as well that we'll talk about in smaller chunks. But let us jump right into the first episode of the season, which is going to be titled Moving Into the Dorms. So after uh, Zuku's mother reluctantly allows him to live in the dorms, him and all of his friends kind of move into their recently constructed dorms, which I think they said it was like constructed like in a two weeks or a month like a super short time which is first off amazing um three days is what it was that is wow i wish anything could be done with the world construction here but we can't get that lucky but um kind of going on with the episode uh, the principal does think to himself about how the dorms doesn't only help students but they are looking for the trader rather it's students rather it's staff kind of having them all in one place is going to help um um, we kind of get everyone in front of the dorms before they move in, and Izawa pretty much says that if it wasn't for All Might retiring, 90% of you would have been expelled. All the people that went and helped, and also the people that knew and didn't tell on them, um, all would have been expelled, and there only would have been, I think, like three students left over after everything um, for um, after the uh, Bakugo rescue. Um, and then after everyone unpacks later in the evening, all of the students take a tour of all of each other's rooms. So we kind of see a little bit behind the personalities, what they have in the rooms, and crown a king of the rooms. Sato is a surprise winner pretty much because of his baking talent. And then at the end of the episode, what I'm pretty sure makes James hate a certain character is Froppy wants certain people that went out to save Bakugo to all come outside of the dorms and talk about how she was feeling after the whole situation and how they wanted everything to go back. Uh, the rescue squad kind of apologizes and everyone kind of looks forward to the future trying to rebuild everything. Um, the second episode of the season is create those ultimate moves. So um, pretty much now that in preparation of the entry exam coming up, which is what they're supposed to be doing during the training camp where they all would have been getting their uh, certificate for hero um, for quirk use, they now have to go and take the exam. So they spend this entire episode um, with Cementos, Might Knight, and Ectoplasm working together to try to create their ultimate moves. Pretty much what an ultimate move is, for those of you that don't know, is just a move that pretty much no one else can copies. It kind of signifies your entire uh, fighting uh, uh, style or just kind of quirk in a single move. Um, A lot of people kind of come together to come up with the different ones everyone has their own ones we can talk a little bit about ultimate moves later on if we want but after a couple conversations but dorio is also able to come up how to overcome his problem with his arms and kind of his costume design um he comes up with the ultimate move full cowling shoot style which pretty much just is using his legs instead of using his arms he acts like that is world changing but at least he comes up with a strategy not to ruin his arms forever um, and then the final episode we're going to kind of talk about at the beginning of the season before we move into the exam is called The Test. Um, class 1A now have their new costume. They've created their ultimate weapons. And before the training, Class 1B kind of comes in to uh, take away the time for training. Um, as I states that they're both going to be having their exam in different locations to avoid fighting each other. Um, after reaching the place, Aizawa meets Miss Joke, a colleague from uh, another one of the um, agencies that he's worked with in the past and a teacher for another school. Um, they meet several other students from other schools and start to kind of mingle and kind of realize that they're a little bit of celebrities and a lot of people are looking for autographs or just kind of wanted to know more about them. 
Um, however, kind of unknown to the UA students that we kind of learn right at the end of the episode before the exam starts is that all other schools target UA every time the exam starts because they pretty much know what their quirks are and they think they're going to be easier targets. But after that, we will be moving into the exam period. So I just want to kind of go back and talk about these first three episodes. Again, it was kind of a short little arc, and it was kind of a weird one, but going all the way through the end of their training exam is a lot of episodes, so I wanted to kind of break out this mini arc before we got into that. So I think a good place to pick up would just be the rooms, right? Like, we should talk about everyone's rooms and how sick it was, because I think it's a really good transition, because... The last time we left off, everything was super serious. We had like that big, awesome fight, um, the the one for all fight. And I think this was a good place to shift it because they talk about it in the episodes like, oh, yeah, like stuff was really serious. So we needed like to have something to blow off some steam and have a little bit of fun. And I think that like is also literally true for the show of like they needed something fun like, hey, let's look at everyone's cool dorms and how their personalities are reflected in it. I, it, it was something, I guess, it's hard to say because this is something I've seen several times now versus someone that's watching the first time and kind of balancing what I think between those two. But kind of going back and watching again, it, this is the second time I've watched that episode in a very short period of time. So I didn't enjoy it as much watching it this time. Like some of the jokes felt kind of overdone and I think it does do a really good job of kind of showing the personality and learning a little bit more about characters and I think it was kind of a good episode to kind of shift back from that big fight I definitely agree with it but and honestly it wasn't my favorite um, episode I think it was a good way to introduce, um, introduce the dorms but after this episode the dorms don't really mean anything they very rarely mention them other than people are just kind of there and after class and all that kind of stuff so they seem to focus a lot on the dorms in this episode, and then it just kind of became a background piece. I know it's kind of a weird complaint, but I didn't hate the episode, and I think it was fun, but it was something that after you watch a couple times, unlike so many other things in this show, that it's not the same. You don't laugh at the same jokes every time. It's something that after you see once, it's kind of, okay, like, this is just another episode. I don't know, man. For me, like, uh, like when I went back and, like, yeah, the jokes didn't, like, hit, but, like, I mean, it's an anime. The translation's never, like, even if you watch, like, the dub, like, the translation isn't, like, bang on or anything like that. But I don't know. I didn't mind it. I definitely didn't. I thought, like, they even kind of addressed that, like, going into the dorms is, like, Aizawa has that speech where he just, like, basically chews them out. And he's like, okay, come get excited. And they're like, how, how are we supposed to recover from that? Like, the show acknowledges that this major shift isn't supposed to be something that's normalized, but... They do cover it with a lot of stuff, too, is that, like, uh, the principal is, like, this is why, like, he, he kind of monologues and says, like, this is why we're doing it and stuff like that. We're trying to address some problems and all that stuff. So, I, like, I don't think the, sh- the episode was really bad. I mean, yes, the dorms don't mean anything. I'm not saying it's bad either. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I mean, I know the dorms don't really have a context after the fact. But, I mean, like, of course they wouldn't. It would be really weird if the show kind of honed, honed in on dor- dorms, you know what I mean, like, after, after it. Um, but we did get to see some really, really cool dorms and some really crappy dorms so but we didn't get to see Mineta's dorm and i think that's dylan's biggest complaint i want to know what's in there thank god i want to know what's lurking behind those doors because we got us all his regular room now i want to see his room when like his parents like aren't there like kind (laughs) of like it doesn't have to worry about his parents again how is this kid literally not expelled for sexual harassment? Because he walked into one of the girls' room and just melted their underwear. No, he didn't. Like, he, he tried stood, to. He tried he to. He stood near their uh, their uh, dressing. Their he dresser. would have if he would have been stopped. I mean, probably, but that's yeah, Mineta, no, man. no, I'm not. I'm not saying no. <laughs> that's Minetta's character, but, man. I want to know Minetta's parents. I know we got to see some of the other parents, but I want to know actually. which spawned this little like this little pervert, like. <laughs> 
He's so he's so but, weird, um, man. Something that actually even before we got to the rooms that I really liked, and I again I think we start seeing a shift of Bakugo in this season after kind of the capture and all that kind of stuff. But after like the let's get excited, where he goes and beats up Kaminari so that he shows the dumb side and then also pays back um the money that he took from uh help me out here. I don't have my character sheet Kirishima. up today. Kirishima, yeah. thank you. Um like that whole part there is just seems so out of place for Bakugo, but kind of going on throughout this season, it starts to seem more commonplace that he still has that aggressive side, but outside of when he's fighting and training and stuff, he does seem to be a little bit more calmed and methodical and kind of caring almost, which is crazy to say for Bakugo. So I really loved seeing that. And again, this season is when I kind of went from not caring about Bakugo's character at all to really starting to like him. And that was a big thing in this episode that it was by far my favorite part of the episode is kind of seeing that shift and kind of that friendship really forming that we've seen before, but like that he actually cares about um Kamashita. Well he like he he does it more or less for the for like the to break the tension, right? Because he's like he's yeah, he, that too. But it's also because of the paying back. Oh money. yeah, that's something paying back Hiroshima, right? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But like when he goes and like beats the crap out of Kaminari to get him to basically like go to his yeah. dumb side, he's doing it to like kind of like relieve the tension that like Azawa just kind of put on them, right? So, well, yes, I think it wasn't only just that, but also the fact that like they had to come rescue him. And I think he's like a little there, there's a little bit of embarrassment there, obviously, for him because he wants to be the best. He doesn't want to be rescued by anyone. So the fact that like people had to come and rescue him and so many people got caught up in it and a lot of people got injured and like we'll, we'll go into this a little bit more later on. But like I think inherently he was just like, I don't want to be indebted to anyone like like stop like let's just shift the mood. Like, let's not think about what just happened. Like you you, you bought something to like, like come rescue me here. Just take the money. I'm you're, I'm not in your debt anymore. And like he, he really I think he really wants to move on from this as well. Yeah, well, this is also the second time he's been rescued, too. Right. And you, you can tell like this is a trend that he doesn't like uh, like at all. Like it just doesn't line up with his character. Right. So, yeah. So are we going to are we going to move no. into the dorms now? Is that where we're going? Yeah, we can kind of talk about the rooms, if there's any rooms you really want to kind of focus out or anything kind of like that. Or um, outside of that, the only other thing in this episode is we can talk about the rooms. And I want to talk about the froppy part. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Because I know that part. was a big yeah, thing. We're but talk about yeah, that's the, there's just the two things I want to talk about before we move on. So go ahead and talk about the rooms because you guys seem a lot more in, inside about that than I am. So I really like Tokoyami's room. Because he's Added an edgelord? Like. Yeah, because he's just super edgy all the time. And they go in and they're like, yep. I think uh, someone someone also says, like, during that episode, he's like, I think this is my, this is my room in, like, middle school. Yeah, it was, it was no, coming out. I had yeah. something like, yeah, I had something like this in middle school. It was like a skull, like, cross or something like that, like yeah. that, which is absolutely something you buy from, like, Hot Topic or something back in middle school. And he had, like, a sword and stuff like that. Like, he was, he's such yep. a little edgy, edgelord. Like, I love it. Um, another one that really stood out to me was, uh, was Sato's, like, the most considered like the most normal character in the show and he actually has this like pretty like well-designed well done up room like it's like it's actually looks like he actually thought about putting it together uh sato sato yeah so, do you mean sarah oh sarah yeah yeah not sato yeah no never mind i was about to say yeah two different characters yeah yeah sarah yeah sarah's sarah's room was actually like fairly like it was pretty bougie um and then todoroki was you know just balling out hard <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. When he just straight face says, How did he get this all done in day? He just without even saying, Yep, hard work. I'm like, Yes. Like again, he didn't mean it to be much comical or anything like that, but just kind of again that shift of him actually having a personality that's funny is something that again, another big character shift this season that I love loved. So I loved that part of the episode. 
I also really like Coda's room as well. When they oh, go in there and they're bunny? just the bunny. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's just a bunny. Yeah, no. I like, uh, oh, there was a prime time, there was a prime moment for, for Shoji to get some good character development. And we just find out he's a minimalist. And I'm like, man, like, yeah. <laughs> come on, boys. Like, but I, at least he gives an explanation, which is kind of weird because he's like one of the, he, like, I think objectively, he's like the largest class, like, person in the class. So, like, it's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of funny that he just decides to have nothing at all. He just has a bed and a desk, and that's it. Yeah. Um, I'm just kind of looking through the character list. I mean, Yavi Rozo is supposed to be a kind of a more comical room as well, just because of how big it was. But I mean, uh, who was it? Uraraka's was just like pink. It was like super pink. No, hers was super. No, nope. hers was super like basic and bland. Like it's like, yeah, I had basic. that room. It had a TV in it though, it, so I appreciate that. Yeah, that that was. Like, that I was think a room it was the I only had. room that had a TV in it. Yeah, but it was yeah. And there was who who was the other super pink one? It was that was um Hakure. Oh yeah, Hakure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is funny because you you don't know what this character looks like at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like Jiro's room a lot too. How they just go in there and it's like all the, the the musical instruments. And she knows how to play like all of them, kind of like yeah, just super on brand. <laughs> Which makes total sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, um, but I'm trying to think if there's any other crazy one Kaminari had like the super cheesy room, yeah. which I thought was, was kind of funny. Dude, he had a really like super broy room, right? Like. But it was like a bunch of junk and stuff like that. There wasn't like anybody like the only two I think we the only three we didn't get to see is Minata's, Sue's, and Bakugo because Bakugo was asleep. Oh, Ida's room too. Ida's was really sick. How they went in there and he just had all the like a bunch of different glasses. He's like, I expect to break every one of these. Yeah, yeah, and Trinity, yeah. yeah. and then books and glasses. That's all he had in his room. Yeah, yeah. super on brand. And I mean, we get we get to see Izuku just kind of get like get hard flamed because he just loves All Might so much because his room is like, like decked, come dude. on, dude. Like I, I get that he's like a hero, but have one thing. Like I think it would be better if he had like one poster or something else. I mean, he's a he loves like All Might, but like he's also like just a hero junkie. So like maybe have like one poster of someone else in the room. He like, come no on, chill. dude. Like you know this <laughs> about him by now. Never bringing a girl into that room now. Like come on, like there goes your high school experience after that one. 30 seconds in the room uh, I, I don't know about that dude like, like girls don't interest him he is one thing on his mind and it's becoming the number one hero yeah I yeah. respect that you couldn't ship that dude if you like if you wanted to man because he just does not care he oh we will see about that next week during the movie I have some feelings okay all right all right but I, I don't think there's any any other really big ones that was really it I mean yeah Coda headed bunny I think I think he kind of takes it yeah, Kirishima had like the mode, like the punching bag and all oh, that. Oh yeah, Kirishima was too, pretty so. sick too. Yeah, it was like it was like he had like a bro cave. Like he was right happy about it. Yeah, and then Ashido and Ayama are the only two we haven't talked about. One super sparkly and one was all shag. Oh yeah, like Ayama's is sick, man. It's so to character. But like, yeah, like he had like a he had like a like a suit of armor in there, like, and it was everything was just shiny. So I guess before we move on, who do you think had the best room? I guess out of us, like who who would you vote for for having the best room? Todoroki. <laughs> I'm going with Kirishima. I loved Kirishima's thing. I'm gonna say Jiro. I really like Jiro's room. You like it was Jiro's sick. Room? Okay, yeah. that's fair. Oh, I'm actually surprised all three of us had very different ones. Yeah, man, you gotta change. Well, I mean, like, we're not like it. We we seem to differ in person, like in like in taste with these things a fair bit. So I'm not. I'm yeah, not, but I feel like they definitely kind of favor towards certain rooms and other like that that you might have. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's fair. I don't know. Just just something we. Yeah, I feel like usually two of us always agree on something, but 
Um, okay, so I guess with that, we can kind of move on to the froppy part of the episode, which is kind of a quick scene, but obviously had a big emotional impact on James. I was, I was very upset, man. I was very irritated. I was irate after watching that whole so, thing. So, so why does it upset you so much Be- that she feels un like that she feels ignored and like worried and just wanted everyone to be safe? Like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't get what gets you so upset about this. It's just because, like, so with, with her, like, we've gotten like a very like she's very blunt. She's been very you know like upfront with people and stuff like that. She straight up calls usually calls it how it is, and then you get this like super like. I don't know, like vulnerability and like she gets worked up over this. Um, so I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know what the deal is there. Uh, I, I mean, like she literally um, was just like, she called her friends like villains. Um, like she's like, oh, if you guys go and do this, you're going to be like villains. Like if that's not something that you can be straightforward about, like, and she didn't learn about it till that day, so it's not like they even like let her like let her know that it was okay or stuff like that. Like, I I, I don't know. I felt like she was kind of one of the more core group members, and that she just was ignored when she said you guys are pretty much gonna be villains if you don't listen to what you're supposed to do, and then not finding out until I'm assuming a week later or something like that. Like, I mean, that's, that's hard just to come out on, especially when you're all in a new group setting and you're moving into the dorms. Now you're living with this person. You can't just call them out at class. Like, it's a much different dynamic. That's like, oh, I can insult you to your face right now. But if you're living with me, it's going to be a lot harder to insult you because then you can have to do something about it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think I'm somewhere in between this. I so on, on one hand, I she was kind of right. Like, this is something they definitely weren't supposed to do. Um, but obviously, like from like the main group's perspective, this was the right thing to do. Going in saving uh, Bakugo was the correct thing to do. And in the end, their actions were a good thing for saving him. But like, I don't know, I can see where she's going. But also, on the other hand, dude, she's a narc. Yeah, absolute narc. How and is she a narc? She didn't tell anyone. No, but like also like the way that she approaches it is also, I don't know, it was standoffish, like it made me feel weird about her. Yeah. Like, see, and, there and, we go. And I net like, I do kind of empathize with her, but for some reason, the way that like the character plays out the actions, it just made me not like Sue as much. I don't know why. Cause like, like looking at it abstractly and if it was written on paper, I'd be like, Oh no, that's fine. But like, maybe, maybe just like, I don't know, just some of the way it was played out, it just, it was a real big turnoff for me. Yeah, because, like, the whole thing with, like, her, like, hiding in a room and, like, not approaching the group and stuff like that, for me, I was just like, okay, that's kind of, I thought she would, like, there was something weird about her room because she's a frog. Like, that's where, like, that's my initial headspace went because I, I thought she would have had to do some crazy weird conversions, but then it turned into that, and I'm like, man, like, I don't know, like, that's some, that, again, it just didn't line up for me with everything else that her character has done as far as, like, being straight up with people and everything like that. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I think I, f- I understand why I didn't like it. Just, just okay. like I, I just, it clicked for me now. I think it, cause it felt like she was playing the victim of the situation, mm-hmm. even yeah. though all of them put themselves on the line, but it like, they came around and she was just like, Oh, like, you know, I felt bad or like whatever. And like, even though she was like, you know, it, it's about the whole group, like the way that she, it, it, she went about it. It, I don't know. It felt like she, she was like feeling bad and wanted wanted like them to feel bad about yeah, her. Yeah, it, it was almost like a guilt trip. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, a little bit. I think that's why. I think, I, and I don't know if that's the like uh, the fault of just like how this story was written in this 
certain circumstance because i'm assuming that's probably not what they weren't going for i i don't think they were going for that well again it just doesn't line up with like how the character has been presented otherwise right like it just it just like i would expect this from maybe a minor character where they would have built it up to be like more of a more of an issue and that that you would have actually gotten some like a bit more character building well they picked somebody who's like kind of well established already and they kind of just kind of throw you this curveball so i wasn't yeah, I think it maybe it would, that was just like that's how it was, and they were like, okay, this is kind of like I don't know. To me, this might be a victim more of like poor writing and poor delivery. Vice, and I think this might be the first time I've actually said like poor writing for the show. Like I think like this might be the one time I've actually ever attacked it. But it just it, it again it doesn't line up with how the character's been presented otherwise. I guess I don't really have too much else to say unless you guys kind of want to go on to that. Otherwise, we can kind of start moving into the pre-exam and the ultimate moves. Yeah, let's do the ultimate moves. Those are fun. So, yeah. So, I guess um, I kind of went through the summary of it. And I think, obviously, the big one is Deku switching his fighting style. Um, It's something, the big thing I want to talk about. But was there any other specific, um, like, here are ultimate moves or anything that you guys really liked and kind of saw them developing? Yeah, Tokoyamis, man. Tokoyamis was sick. Like, Tokoyamis, like, I mean, might have been, like, one of the most creative ones. Uh, you, and we do see a couple other ones later, like, in this, uh, like, throughout this recap. So I'm not going to bother, like, throwing them off. But, um, oh, my God. I can never remember the invisible chick's name. I can never remember her name off the top of my head. Hakure. Hakure. Hakure, she actually does it during the license exam where she actually starts re- reflecting light off of herself. Like I like I wish I would have seen that been developed because that seems really cool to me that they actually like. But I think that has a really cool effect on it though when it happens the first yeah. time. That's why they held off on a lot of them. Yeah, exactly. Right. So um, I'm happy that we do get to see it because I think it is super sick. But I think Tokoyami's for me is really one of the bigger ones. I mean, I, I think it was kind of cool that Ida already had one developed and he gets praised for that because like reciprocal reciprocal burst was like one of the, like the f- the few things. Um, but. Well- Go ahead. Don't don't forget. Not just Ida had one. Mineta also had one. Mineta also was, had one. Great, yeah, great. So he was, there was only about two of them who were like, "You, know, we already know what to do. We're yeah, ready exactly. for this." Yeah, we're just going to improve this super cool thing we developed, right? But Izuku's a goddamn idiot. Like Izuku's so dumb. Like, what, dude? Just use your goddamn feet. Like. Yeah, like acting like that, like the flashbacks and like the mind blowing <laughs> of like, oh my god, I have two legs. Like all my problems in the world are now solved. Like, come on, man. Again, like that to me, that's my first bad writing part. Yeah, that, it's like I think I think they tr- I, I think they tried to like deliver it, being like he's actually an idiot, and now he just kind of like realized this problem. But I like the character is given like written to be like fairly intelligent and like fairly like problem solving orientated otherwise. But uh, like, I don't know, like I, I could defend it and be like, well, he looks up to all might so much. So he basically tries to mimic everything. All Which might is does. what they was. What is what the excuse is? It's yeah. like, Oh, it's all might's power. All I've ever seen. All might do is punch. So obviously I'm not going to think of kicking, but like he understands that he can move the power to any part of his body. And he's, used it in his legs before yeah, exactly. like, yeah. you like it's not like he's never used it in his legs before so kind of <laughs> it is that idea of it is just funny to me and his best friend uses like 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 kicking like his best friend uses the t- like, which is again another kind of tick in his head but like again you have a full body and you are a physical quirk like that that never crossed your mind until this mind-blowing moment well, right now well, it's hard to believe to be fair i would say if you were right now right if I was like, Andrew, we're going to throw down like let's let's we're going to go around back after the podcast and we're going to throw down. 
we would probably just like try to punch each other or like maybe grab each other. No one's gonna Boy, be. I'd ask if I could kick. No, I would. I would absolutely lose my face because I know my legs are stronger than my arms. What are you serious? Legs, nat- legs naturally have so much more power. No, so like if someone throws down with you on the street, you just like instantly like I'm gonna start kicking. Like I'm gonna go oh, for no, some I'll kicks. Well, no, I'll do a mix. Yeah, d- d- yeah, dude. I, like, yeah, and like I, I see. The another thing is too. It's some, okay. So, as somebody with a martial arts background. Like kicking is is like you know I like Andrew's right like fundamentally you can do way more damage with your legs. No, 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 right? that's not what I'm getting at. But, no, 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 but, no, I'm mean, I'm kind of building onto this. He he is in a class that is surrounded with people who have like various physical quirks and like use kind of like every part of their body. You know what I mean? Like it it, it it's it to me it's dumb that like it took us this long for him to be like mm, you know what you know what I got my legs I got two feet I should probably use them right. Well, well, no, what I'm what I'm getting at is that like using like kicking and stuff is not the most intuitive thing. I would say when well, like when you but have, he's training to be a he hero. hasn't been training that long, though. Like, you, I like, guess I guess like, he is a this first is year. like, yeah, this is like not even halfway through the first year. We're not even that far. Like they just are going into like the second semester. And so it's not like he's been down there and they've been like, all right, we're going to start teaching you some like actual martial arts or some like MMA stuff. It's none of that. It's like you're going to be training. And like he's like, all right, when it comes to fighting, like I'm going to use my fists. Like I punch things and stuff. It's not I I feel like using kicking into your fighting uh, like technique when you're an untrained fighter is not a, a get, an intuitive thing. I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, because like a lot. Because I'll, I'll. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go on, James. Yeah, no. I was just gonna. I was gonna say like that. Like it is in something intuitive. I just think in his environment, he should have been a little more in tune with it, especially with Ida. But I mean, like, other than that, like, I mean, I, 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 I I'll kind of see your point, but at the same time, Ida's right there. Ida's right freaking there. <laughs> so. And, and again, it's that he acted like this was something that's never been done before. He didn't act like, oh, like this is, this is like so obvious. I can't believe I didn't think of it. He's like, holy shit, I'm so smart. I found a new way to uh, use a quirk. Is kind of what it came off as. Like, obviously, asked Ida for help and all that kind of stuff. Well, but like, that, yeah. even all even all might when he saw he kicked instead of punched was like, you figured it out, kid. Well, it's so, like, yeah, you figured out he had a second half of the body. <laughs> well, I mean, like, so all might already knew. All might, and that's not an ultimate move. Yeah. It's just a kick. Yeah, it's punching that was the instead other of thing kicking. I didn't like it was like he like uses his like shoot style like he's a soccer player and I'm like, come on, dude! Like you're just using your feet. Oh my god, I never put that together that his shoot style. Yeah, like yeah, that. it's because he's yeah, he's because he's like kicking a ball. But then we have like then we have AP shot. AP shot is sick. That is so cool. AP shot, uh, AP shot's awesome. And then and then we get um, Kaminari with his goddamn he. I like when he said he was gonna get a lightning sword. I was like. Yo, my boy Kaminari doesn't gonna, do it. Yeah, he's gonna. Yeah, I know he's gonna. Yeah, but he gets this. He gets like this weird gun thing, which is kind of cool. Yeah, which is still cool. Yeah. So lightning sword. Um, Ash- Ashido has a cool one as well. Who does? Sorry? Um, Pinky. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she she's able to funnel that, which I think is super kind of creative. I mean, obviously needs to be worked on, but again, it's kind of a cool one. Um, anything else? We uh, we really weren't introduced to one. We were introduced that Uraka's ultimate move was pretty much just never getting dizzy. It was it was it was lifting herself and like manipulating oh, that right. with Lift. like with like actual just like hand to hand stuff, which which I think isn't like an ultimate move, but I think it does give her more of an edge. Um, and I mean, Yayo Rosa was just creating two items, but which once. I think is kind of sick. I think that's pretty cool. That is kind of cool. Yeah. It, it is. It's not an ultimate move, but it could lead to one, like leading to combinations of items being really cool. Like she, the one of the first ones she does was like the two staffs that kind of come out. Like, like it could spears, be a really yeah. cool. 
really could be really cool like combination but again that just sounds like an evolution of her quirk yeah and, not an ultimate and move. then like fr- froppy was just like i found something that makes me even more frog like and i'm like what what does that mean <laughs> like, <laughs> and like oh, she, you know, we do we do find out a little, a little bit later do we i can't remember yeah, it's one of the ones that gets revealed a little bit later okay all right all right so yeah we, which we will talk about because i have a big thing about that okay you okay <laughs> I, have, so, yeah. I have notes <laughs> so we have we haven't got to the big party yet so let's kind of move into like the pre-test when they show up they're introduced to what the first one is going to be which i didn't explain but the first challenge is going to be um which only what i think a uh, 500 hmm? how many students passed the first exam uh the first round it's usually only 50 percent but there was even less. Oh, they time, changed it to a hundred out of fourteen hundred some odd students. Thank you. It was only a hundred. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't think of what that number was off the top of my head. Um, so what we learned is that the everyone would get balls and they have these three different targets on them, and everyone has to knock out two different people. Um, and then after you do that, you move on to the next round, and the first hundred people do it. Everyone else is removed. So um, they get there and learn that at the end of the episode. But I just never explained that in the recap, so I wanted to get that before we jumped into kind of talking about the episode. So yeah, we get, um, but yeah, we, so uh, we got other schools. We got Miss uh, Joke. We got all that. So where do you guys want to start? I'll start with Miss Joke because Miss Joke is I awesome. I love her. Yeah, I just love that she's constantly like telling Azawa that she's gonna marry him, and he just is like deadpan the entire time. I, I don't know. I lo- I love their relationship. It's 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 super enjoyable to to like to listen to because they've known each other for years and stuff. So. I, I, I don't know if he's using his quirk not to be affected by hers or she's just not using it on him, but either way, it's it's probably both. It's probably a combination of the two, yeah. But uh, yeah, and then we get her class, which when we get like we get like Zuku knockoff, we get Shindo. Oh yeah, scuffed Zuku, <laughs> scuffed Zuku, yeah. Who's actually a dirtbag? <laughs> like you kind of find out he's just well, not a dirtbag, but competitive. Like he's not he's con- dirty. He's yeah, conniving yeah. is what he is. He's scum. I, yeah. I, I would say okay so he's yeah he's not dirty but he is conniving I think because like they uh, they address it later where he's just like I came up with this <laughs> and like you know but he's yeah but, he's but still, the but second they switch over to the second half of the exam he's instantly in full hero yeah, mode. yeah, oh, yeah. so I think calling him dirty is unfair no conniving but conniving. going in with a strategy to make sure that he is conniving I do agree with that yeah yeah and then we get to see some of his other classmates which are kind of like we see them later but the other thing is we get to see Shis- Shiketsu which is like Shiketsu is like the west part of the of Japan the west part of Japan they're competitive with UA and we get my boy we get Inasa the most passionate dude out there whole old gale force I'm I'm so happy with his introduction cuz he just comes in is a total goon slams his forehead cuz he feels bad for interrupting like oh, he's just he's 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 great man I love him I, I mean I, I see I, I, I like him but I, I don't see where your obsession with him is. Uh, it's just he's such I, I do respect him. I don't I don't really like him too much. Not just because like his character is alright, just like nothing gets me super attracted to him. But his his quirk is very cool though. It is yeah. very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can definitely tell he's super super strong. Well, yeah, and they, they actually and they talk about it when basically they introduce him because I now know who's who he is, because he was supposed to go to UA. And then he basically yeah, he was like the number one off of recommendations. Yeah, yeah. It means it means well, and they say it in the in the show, basically introducing him is that he means he's more powerful than Todoroki. Like he has a better understanding of how to use his quirk and everything like that. Which you're like, holy crap! What, what you know? What's this guy's deals? Plus, their uniforms are pretty dope. Uniform- yeah, with the hat. I agree the with hat. that. Yeah, the, the hat. hat is I like sick. the hat. It's a good look. So we get we get him and we get a couple other characters, but they don't they're not fully introduced. You just kind of see them in the background. So. 
but uh yeah they also they also address like how well known class 1a is which kind of leads into how well known class 1a is right like it's it's almost like a two thing like they ask for their autographs and then we go into the exam and then it seems to work out in their disadvantage yeah which i really liked that yeah i mean i it was not something i saw coming like until it happened right away but when they kind of said that like that makes total sense and like it's not like an evil thing to do it is they know what the quirks are they have come up with strategies to try to take them out no matter what it is and move on and they're only class they're only in the first year versus a lot of people in their second year so they're going to take it much more serious so i, I love that point because the kind of the aspect of like oh they are super popular they always have things go their way like even though they're attacked like they're powerful and nothing can stop them except everyone else going after them because of the same things that make them so strong and popular i love that well the big thing is too is that the school puts them at a disadvantage by televising their, their quirks that's the big thing right so everybody already knows what the quirks do to a degree because you know they're underdeveloped quirks at that point so as we know throughout watching the show is that everybody's kind of progressed with their quirks um and Isaiah was literally like un unfazed by like the fact that everybody wants to go after them he's like eh, i wouldn't change anything <laughs> so which again is good teacher azawa like i definitely agree not telling him was the right thing to do there too yeah. like especially with deku deku would just instantly die if he heard all that and like just under that much pressure and i think a lot of other people would too like they're all first years they're all still learning the quirks and all that and hearing that everyone in the arena the 1400 people are all trying to take them out is something that would literally put the emotional strain on pretty much everyone but probably todoroki and bakugo I, well, I actually like everyone else would break i don't i actually don't think it would have phased azuka that much because he it actually shows him like figuring like he he realizes like what the deal is he's like everybody knows what they're gonna come for us yeah first. but it's one thing to deal with in the moment which is what he does amazing versus someone like me when you know something bad is gonna happen you're overstressed body over worry about it and it causes you to do things worse than if it happens in the moment that's fair which is where we see izuku does his best when something happens there and he has to do out of just his hero instincts is when he does so well versus planning ahead he thinks on the spot not ahead mm. okay yeah that's that, that's fair dylan do you have anything anything to add no i totally agree with with what andrew said yeah okay then let's move into the actual exam yeah go for it yeah so yeah, so this will be a bigger chunk. I'll do my best, but again, a lot more discussion on this one than kind of recapping just because there is so much to talk about here. But let's jump into the first episode of the actual Zan, which is uh, Shitexu High Lurking. Uh, Jesus, they're going to throw all these names at me right away um, in my summary. Um, Ketsubutsu Academy students ambush class 1A pretty much along everyone's side else, but they managed to evade... Um, Ketsubusu's balls by working together. Uh, Shindo separates everyone by using his Viber quirk, which pretty much creates a giant earthquake and kind of destroys the ground they're all on. Uh, meanwhile, in the other part of the area, we see Inasa use his whirlwind quirk to take out 120 students at once, which is unbelievable. Um, we see Midoriya gets hit once by um, Shitexu's high students' Kami um, using her glamour quirk, um, which is pretty much... Um, so I want to talk about this there, but can you remind me of what her actual quirk is? Because we do get confused um, because of a couple of things I'll talk about in a second. Yes. Yeah. Who's going? You or me? Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Basically, okay. it, she kind of turns off people's senses uh, is, is what I got from it. So it's like she's not inherently going invisible, but she kind of is because she's just. No, that's just misdirection. She even said that's not her quirk. 
Oh, what is it then? No, so yeah, she says it's like this other thing that she kind of like came up with, which I, this whole thing is kind of convoluted to me because she basically says I can I can follow to per people's like peripherals and like field of vision and stuff like that because I basically clear my mind and I make no noise sort of thing, right? So, which to so the quirk allows Cammy to create both visual and auditory illusions for a short time, and I don't feel like we ever actually see that. You know, we, she just uses kind of misdirection to get up close. Well, she like she right? well she disappears like she straight up disappears after like Izuku will, like turn away for a second and then turn back and then she's like right there or she's not there at but, all. Like, sorry. It even goes on. Cammy emits a mist-like substance from her mouth, which forms the illusion. Said illusions can reach an impressive scale enough to fill a large room. Yeah. We don't we actually don't, see don't her see. use her quirk. I think that's partly I, because of something we'll talk about in a second. Yeah. But um let, let's kind of go on with the episode. I was just a little confused with what her actual quirk was. I'm still very was. confused. Yeah, it, it, it is weird because they do such a weird job and it is convoluted because of that it's not actually Cammy. You guys all saw the episode, so it's not really a spoil, but it's not actually Cammy. It is um It's Toga. Toga yeah. using her quirk, which allows her to shape into other people when they have her blood. Yeah. So that's why we don't actually see the quirk to our understanding, I believe. Because I don't know if she actually gets the quirk when she transforms, which I doubt. I don't yeah. yeah. I don't think they, so. They that's why yeah. it's so convoluted because it's Cammy, but it's not actually Cammy, but she still gets hit on. So we're getting really in the weeds here. Let's kind of move on. But that's just the part that I'm always kind of confused on, mm -hmm. even watching a couple of times. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So uh, Deku does get hit once. Um. But then discovers that it's Cammy pretending to be Uraraka. Um. Sarah and the real Uraraka help him. Um. Somewhere else, Todoroki is ambushed by a group of students from a different school. Um, class 1A is the next episode. Um, as the battle continues, Todoroki uses his quirk against, um, against the water attack in order to generate a huge steam cloud and kind of hide from his opponents. He lures them all into a giant gas tank and ignites it, pretty much blowing them all up, which would kill a lot of people in a real-life situation, but this was just an exam. Um, it takes all of them out with his ice quirk. Um, while trapped in a building, we see uh, Soji, Sue, Hiro, uh, Jiro, and uh, Yarosa, um pretty much get trapped by a mastermind with someone with a super high IQ only after drinking tea. Super interesting quirk. Um, but they end up defeating their opponents um, from the CI Academy. Um, meanwhile, Midoriya comes up with a plan that allows him, Uraka, and Saro to pass the exam. Um, Bakugo, Kamanari, and Kirishima face off against one of uh, Shitetsu High students, um, Shikakura. Jesus, these names are so hard for me. Um, which is actually has a really cool quirk, which I want to talk about um, when we get back to the recap. Um, and then, pretty much waiting for the exam to conclude, Azaiwa comments to Miss Joke that he has noticed that Midori and Bakugo seem to be kind of the leaders of the class in very different ways. Next episode, titled Rush. Um, CG uses his meatball quirk to uh, neutralize both Kirishima and Bakugo. However, Kaminari uses one of Bakugo's grenades and his new um, kind of tool to take him out with his electricity quirk. quirk. Um, together, all three of them uh, uh, end up passing the test. Um, Midoriya acts as a decoy to allow Uraraka and Siro to uh, restrain a bunch of enemies and have all three of them pass the exam. Um, Ida is searching for kind of random people from class A and finds Ayama hiding alone. Um, they're attacked by a huge uh, group, but Ayama just randomly shoots laser into the air as a beacon, and the plan was kind of to sacrifice him, but instead allows the rest of class A to show up and rescue them, and all of them ended up passing. Um, so all members of class 1A end up do getting through the top 100. 
Moving on to the next exam, which happens right after the end of the first one, which is going to be called the episode Rescue Exercises. Um, the students are now tasked with rescuing citizens from a disaster. The citizens are professionals from the Help Us Company, which I love the name of this. Um, and they have to go and save the fake citizens and are graded based on how smart and strategic they set up first aid camps and all that kind of stuff and they're graded and everyone starts at a point and they lose points as they do things incorrectly if you don't meet the point threshold you are kicked out and do not pass exam but you still have to stay the entire time um towards the end of the episode um students suddenly have to fight gang orca and a bunch of villains to continue rescuing the citizens at the same time um Next episode, titled Save the World with Love, is kind of a really random one that they threw into the episode. That Honestly, I skip on my new watch-throughs right now, but I'll still kind of recap it because it's not a true episode. It is only a setup for the movie, but it happens in the past, and the movie happens in the past as well. So it's a really weird episode, but it is an anime-exclusive episode that takes place before summer camp. Midoriya, Uraraka, Ida, Todoroki, Sue, and Bakugo are tasked with defeating a villain played by All Might. The three of them have to rescue hostages played by other pro heroes to simulate a job Julie Robbery, while Todoroki distracts All Might with the phone call. They kind of scope out a situation, Bakugo charges in. It's kind of a whole thing. It's I don't want to dive too deep into the episode because it really doesn't mean anything. I don't love the episode, but it's kind of a side story all meant to set up the movie, um, which we will be watching next week. Um, going back to the actual rescue exercise, what the big deal is the next episode where pro hero gang Orca um, has been recruited to act as a villain while the students are trying to gain the license. Um, he tries to attack the first aid camp, but um, all of a sudden, uh, Saiwa and Todoroki step in to try to fend off gang Orca and all that, but their quirks don't match and they're not working together because they kind of hate each other. So they end up fighting each other instead of gang Orca and both end up getting punished, but do come together after Midori kind of steps in and yells at him like, what the hell are you doing? Um, and they kind of get that back together. He goes back to the first aid camp and... Um, they finally end up working together and kind of creating like a whirlwind of fire and ice. Super kind of cool thing that comes in the um, end. And they end up um, trapping Gang Orca long enough for all of the other citizens to be escaped and get out of there. And the exam then ends. Everyone ends up passing um, from Class 1A except for... Um, is it just Todoroki? Or Bakugo as well? I thought it was just Bakugo. No, Todoroki for yeah, sure I, fails. It's, it's, I'm pretty sure it's both of them. I'm pretty sure, right? Um, I forgot to write it down. Um, oh, so I guess, no, it, it's revealed in the next episode, so I'll just say it now. But it is Todoroki and Bakugo both um, that fail because Todoroki had the fight with the NASA, and Bakugo was extremely rude towards the citizens. Um so yeah, so I kind of jumped ahead on the episode, but I want to end it there at the end of the astral training exercises. Um, we kind of don't figure out who actually gets in the next episode, but we just kind of talked about it. It's everyone but those two students and uh, NASA, obviously, from uh, Shitaxi, uh, so they have to take uh, summer camp later on. But let's kind of go back and look through the training exam because, again huge part of the season this is six episodes so more than half a season where this all took part so many cool episodes that focus on smaller groups on individual quirks working together so i don't even know where you guys want to start we can kind of just kind of go group by group we can try to go in timeline like what do you guys think i think also we just kind of ignore the um the the side episode necessary yeah. episode yeah. 
Well, I, I, I guess just to touch on that a little bit before we throw it out, it's a good episode on its own. Feels real bad when you're right in the middle of all this hype stuff to have that I in agree. there, though. It like on its own is a good episode. Don't get me wrong, but man, it must have really sucked watching this week by week and then going, "Wow, I can't believe I, I have to watch this." I was watching it week in week at this point. Yeah, yeah. It, how much it, did yeah. that suck? Me off, and that's why I just don't even want to talk about it because it just makes me upset thinking back about how such a cool arc you just not ruined, but just paused is in pa- the middle yeah, of it. Pa- yeah, and I think I think I, I think that's initially why I like I always skip it too is because I'm just bitter because like. Right way basically when this episode airs is the episode prior, Gang Orca is literally just introduced into the mix, and you're like, Oh damn, it's about to go down. And then you're like, Oh, have fun with this like episode to promote the movie. Which the movie is good too. Like, don't get me wrong. But this would have been I would have been happy with this if it was like if they gave us to us between like season two and season three. Like that would have been nice. Like, but I, I agree. If it would have came when it was a little bit more relevant yeah. and not in the middle of an arc a season late, yes, it was just to advertise a movie that was coming out later on. It makes sense in that sense. But like literally the first time I watched it, I was so confused. I'm like, what the hell is happening? And then they started mentioning it's before the summer camp and these new characters and all that kind of stuff. Like they're introducing so much at a time where it doesn't make sense in the middle of such a cool arc that it just made me so upset. And even going back now, like if I was, if I would have been smart, I would have watched it when we actually should have watched it. Yeah. And we should have talked about it back then because right now it just doesn't make sense. And we're kind of trying not to go on for three hours, so we're cutting it out here and not talking about it when we should talk about a little bit of it because it does set up for the movie, which is important, but it doesn't set up that much for the movie. We can, so. we can probably talk about the episode prior to watch, like prior to discussing the movie. I think that would be kind of well, relevant. I like that. We can kind yeah. of talk about the lead in there. I agree with that. So let's kind of move back and actually kind of start, look at the first exam and then the second exam. So we can start wherever you want within the first exam, the ball exam. Let's go. Um, and then we can talk about the rescue afterwards. Yeah. So let's go. On, let's go. On a timeline kind of how we're getting how we're getting introduced to all these characters so uh ketsu ketsu is that how you say ketsubutsu i i like i have a i have a i I can do shiketsu no problem but i can't do this one because it's just a little longer um but yeah like you straight up find out that these guys aren't really like they're not like i i don't know i found initially when i started watching the show anybody who they didn't kind of tote as like rivals or anything like that to ua i'm like okay these guys are like these guys are b-class amateurs you know what i mean they're not they're not that good but then you find shindo is actually pretty nasty like shindo's quirk is pretty is pretty gross um and the other two guys hardening uh stiffening and then boomerang um they're i can't remember their names but they're, those are the two quirks and then you also have the other chick who's like telescopic who can actually like retract herself inside herself um they're like they're good quirks like they're not like these guys aren't like they're not busters you know what i mean like oh yeah i think that's that we definitely shift to that point of where like everyone at this point has a really good quirk like no one really sucks inherently like everyone can do really cool stuff especially since everyone's like been really getting into like high school they're all like if not first years are a lot more advanced than that Pretty much all of our second years it's very rare for a first year class to do it and the only reason it's happening is pretty much because it's ua and because of the villain attacks Mm -hmm. otherwise they wouldn't have been doing it and that's just kind of precaution for ua so to my understanding everyone else in the exam is second year so they all have a year on that which again can make any quirk really good because you already see how fast ua students develop in like the half the 
year they have so far. So imagine what they're going to look like in another three semesters. It's really unbelievable. Kind of, I'm looking forward to see how UA looks at that time frame. We're kind of seeing how strong and how experienced they are with that extra year and a half. So there's one other first year student that they talk about. And it's an and it's an Asa, right? Yeah. And Asa is the other crazy first year student because he basically like admit like they deem him powerful enough to go into the exam. But yeah, so we get to see them all jump them, and Juro kind of is able to like you know you get you get to see the power scale and how they kind of like even each other out and stuff like that, which is cool. And then you kind of get introduced to all these new quirks all at once from Miss Jokes class, which I think is pretty sick as well. Um, so you get to deal with that. I think. Aesthetically, all the other cool, the other other characters are cool. I think the guy with the boomerang like monologues a bunch, which kind of is like to me. It seemed like it seemed on brand for a guy with a quirk like that. Um, but yeah, that was kind of it for that little nice little introduction. And then they kind of they don't really show it too much anymore. They don't go back to these guys. You just you're introduced. You get that nice little intro from like present Mike, and that's it. And then you then we move on to another character, and then we get to see Anasa, and you get to watch him take out like a hundred people at like once because he's. He's insane. So 120. Thank you very 120. much. Yeah. And we get, you get to see his hero costume too, which I think his hero costume makes him look like M. Bison, which I think is sick. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that is, it definitely seems like it's taken from that a little bit and it's very cool, especially when he's like kind of floating up a little bit. Yeah, he floats up a little bit. He's got this crazy ass big gauntlet, like, and he just, yeah, he just, he has that M. Bison energy, which I think is awesome. So, um, yeah, so we get introduced, we get to see his, his whirlwind quirk, which is, like again they basically you get you get introduced very quick and this is what i like you like they talk about it the episode prior on how nasty is in comparison to todoroki and then you see it right after because you're like like, you know you're like oh shit like what's this guy's deal and then you see it right so i think that's really cool um and then we get cammy dylan you want to talk about cammy a little bit or fake cammy i mean i i think we went over it uh fairly well yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i am excited to maybe see real cammy one day I don't know if we will. Apparently, it doesn't really come back up in the manga, trying to keep up with that and some of these characters. But I also think all of this would have been so much... I understand that the reveal afterwards with it being Toga... But I don't feel like that had like a huge effect. I'm like, oh my god, like I can't believe that happened. Like it didn't seem like to be world shattering to me. Like I feel like seeing this happen before would have been better because then you kind of like oh my god it's toga like maybe deku could be in like real danger mm. right now yeah like you never got that feeling so like that he like oh it was toga but he was never in danger like what was the point of toga well, going in there so she so scratches what, him right like, so she scratches he, him because she was going for blood right like i think that's the big thing yeah do we know that yeah yeah i think i think because that's her whole thing and and we do see later on i don't know where exactly it is um but it does. I think it's whenever she like the reveal happens and she's like piecing it's after out. the exam's over. You, you, it's do, like, you do see the next that. episode. But I think what is good about that and that reveal is you we really don't know that it's not not her Correct. until yeah. in, until until, you know, all that goo stuff sh- sh- sheds off. And I think the purpose of this is to go. Yeah, anyone could be Toga now, like literally anyone could be. So like mm-hmm. you're never really safe. And I think that's. That's a good thing to throw in there because yeah, I like that. I guess Cammy could have been a throwaway character because it's like yeah, like we're talking about it now, and it could have been really cool to see what her actual quirk was. But like, I think it was okay during this setting of where there's so many new characters to go. Let's throw this Toga thing in here of like this is her quirk, and then just be afraid literally forever now. Yeah, and yeah, and like it's kind of weird that Deco kind of Deco kind of like figures it out. 
that it's not it's not Iraraka when he like saves her. You know what I mean? So like I don't know I don't know what I want to chalk that up to. Like basically Zuku being like you know this world's Batman and he just be able to like uncover it and like figure it out and stuff like that. But I don't know. To me, it was just like okay, he knows surprisingly well. Cool. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a nice thing. But then we get to see we get to see Saro and or the actual Iraraka coming and they actually like their whole shtick like how they kind of do it. They send. Um, they send uh, they send Midoriya out to be like basically distraction, and then they have this really cool coordinated attack amongst the two of them, where they drop rocks that are like basically have these massive spans of tape on them, and they pin all these people. Which I was like, okay, I'm glad to see Sarah get some a bit more love. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, that's really I, I don't know. That's really it. I find I find Izuku's um like whole story amongst this in this big like exam kind of like the more boring of all of them? it's a secondary one yeah. i think they really wanted to use this that like like no one questioned if deku was going to get through so i kind of like that they almost just kind of crushed him through quick got it out of the way and then went and focused on all the other groups because like it's a show about deku there's not a chance in hell he wasn't going to pass the exam mm-hmm. so i don't think like giving him three episodes of how he gets past it makes sense They're like oh like yeah they work together they are still super strong despite being a year down let's go see how everyone else does i love that approach to this and i think it made it so much better versus focusing on him way too long yeah, yeah, and I think we were talking about this uh, yeah, last episode of how, like, it kind of sucks because a lot of times characters only have one time to shine, and it was really nice to give everyone an opportunity to shine in these episodes, too. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I mean, as soon as you basically, as soon as we get done with it, we go to Todoroki. Even Todoroki's, Todoroki's, like, Todoroki's whole arc isn't, like, isn't really that long. He gets a really cool fight scene where he fights a bunch of Naruto knockoffs. And yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they have some really cool quirks too. Like the, the guy that can like, like hugeify stuff and just like, whip. that's a really cool. That's yeah, such a nice quirk to have for like, out of just like, not even like for combat, but just like to have that on you at all times, like no worrying yes. about parking, no worrying about packing, no worrying about everything. Like I don't use ability. That's one of my favorite quirks. Yeah. And like, I like, I liked what he actually uses with his quirk. He uses like lug nuts and nails and like they're like very like and special lug nuts and nails well, yeah, which they specifically did for this with their, with their tungsten 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 yeah so they're heating something with a super high yeah melting, melting point so they like he, like they basically were like scoping out Todoroki like they, they wanted him right um so but then you get to find out Todoroki's like you know a savage and basically could potentially have could have killed them right and he just like so but I mean that's on brand for Todoroki I don't think there's anything nobody's shocked about that right um, but yeah, I like, I really like the whole thing we kind of get with Momo and like her party. I love this little yeah, arc and then and seeing how they think through it. And that again, kind of coming back from that episode we talked about, um, before summer camp is where she had lost so much faith in herself. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of showing that she is not like that anymore. She's taking power. She's thinking ahead and she ends up beating someone that had 200 IQ or something like that after drinking tea, which is incredibly impressive. So yeah. So the, her quirk was actually really interesting. So she has a baseline of 150 IQ and then she closes her eyes, drinks tea. And depending on the type of tea, it kind of alters her thought process, but it makes her basically her IQ increase exponentially. So, yeah, yeah. So like, even their fight, like she she knew that was a possibility of happening. She just kind of ruled it as the lowest possible thing that like Momo would do, right? It's like Doctor Strange. Yeah, exactly. Like it's like basically this was like the one possibility where kind of Momo wins, and she picked it. So 
I thought that was kind of cool, and I like I like their aesthetic, like the like like how they kind of did these guys up in their uniform. Like I thought it was a good, like it was clearly like an all girls school and stuff like that, right? And it's very like, um, what's the word? Like, uh, there's like um like a patriarchy, you know what I mean? Like she's at the top, and everybody's kind of like coordinating to get her through her exam, right? So um, it was really like I really did respect like their strategy and how smart they were, like. I, I mean, I almost feel like some of them deserve to get. I mean, I, it's it's unfair because it's a group and none of their quirks, like they just kind of did it all as a group. So like none of their individual quirks shine. But like, goddamn, was that a smart strategy? And like they had that locked down. Except the problem is, if they take that long to take down four people, like only two people from that entire class would have moved on. Well, and, that, and that's like, kind of from that group of ten people, only two of them would have moved on. Yeah, but then, and that's why I kind of said like it was kind of like a patriarchy because she was at the top and they were basically doing all these coordination efforts to make sure she passed, right? So um, that's why like I kind of like their setup and I'd really like to know like the kind of inner workings behind that whole setup, but I know we're never going to get it, right? So No, we'll never see them again. Yeah. So my favorite part about this little segment actually wasn't any of that because all that stuff was really cool. I just really like the gag with Froppy on how they make it cold and because she's so frog like she has to hibernate. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that gag is just so good. It gets me every time. Yeah, because it's just uh, yeah, and like yeah, it just plays into the fact that she can do what a frog does. She's, she's just, just a she frog. is a frog. Yeah, she's just a frog. So yeah, no, I I like that. And then I mean like. Shoji basically does everything he can in his quirk. He was useless. What? He's not useless because Jiro gets her ear blown out, but like he's just like, nah, dude, I'm fine. Like, and uh, you know, he would, and they like their, their, their thought process for going up there was basically trying to scout out to find their other, their other classmates and basically use Shoji to find them. But he's like, it's, it's fucked up there. <laughs> I ain't finding nobody, right? Well, yeah. The second they shattered all, like, oh, I'm useless now because they shattered all of the windows. Well, you can't, like, cool. Well, yeah, and they, well, they basically had a sniper. Like, that chick yeah. with a slingshot hand at was like, you know, she was just out there sitting there, so which I thought was kind of cool. I'm just saying, I feel like his quirk's kind of limiting. It, it, yeah, but he's a, he's an intel quirk, man. Like, I, don't don't you bass my boy Shoji? Don't you bass him? I'm I'm just saying. Um, I the one I want to spend a lot of time talking about. It, we're already at an hour, and we still have so much to talk about here. Um, I want to talk about the Kirishima, uh, com, um. Oh, Kaminari and Kaminari against kind of against. Uh, I Seiji? hated this. I hated this, this so much. This was so gross. It was it was like pure body horror. Like the uh, what was his name? Seiji. Uh, yeah, something uh, like that. Uh, yeah, Seiji. Work is called meatball. Can we talk about that? No, no, no. I hate it. Meatball? I hate it so much. <laughs> it yeah. was like the most uncomfortable thing, just seeing like the, the everyone blobs? just squished into the blobs. Um, but he was weird like I, I i guess you were totally right andrew we were talking about this and like i i do want to circle back on how like you i guess you were really right about the whole like stain thing and how everyone like has like these weird thoughts that like just keep coming back and back and back and like he falls into this yeah because they, they basically once he gets eliminated right they, they kind of touch on it being like you're like you have the same conviction of stain and like the, the, the their teacher even touches on it. he's like the guy had like decent fundamentals it was just like how it was delivered is when it got scary right so uh i liked i liked all that i liked how it played into how this guy kind of thought and everything and they even go on apology like his other classmate goes on and apologizes later is like listen he tries to push his ideals onto people sorry about that everything like that right which i thought was like okay they recognize this guy is kind of like their bakugo except not pushing ideals but he's like you know he's passionate and he's like over the top and everything like that but i was just i was just happy that we finally get to see 
um, Kaminari not look like an idiot perpetually. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. This was very cool. Yeah. So we get to, we finally get to see his little like his little like shooter thing on his wrist. Um, because he like he basically says like like he I, I can't remember her name. Check with the check with the boobs and the in the like the zoom and eyes. Hatsume. Hatsume. Yeah. He basically tells you he's like I I need something I don't have to think. Like, because I'm, I'm kind of an idiot, right? So, yeah. So, it, it basically, it was but like. But we also see Bakugo being super smart here in yeah, cause, one of the grenades. Yeah. Like, again, that he, like, and this is the same part where Zawa kind of says that they, they motivate in different ways, Midoriya and Bakugo, and that we're starting to see, like, Bakugo, as crazy as he can be, is intelligent. He can be a leader in a more fearful way than Midoriya. But like he knew what he had to do, and he knew he wasn't probably going to win this one, and found a way to help um, help him win, which I loved that. And again, Bakugo's development in this season is unrivaled to any other character I think in the series. Yeah, 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 and like uh, yeah, like again, this is another one of those developments where I think, and I like that they start to make it a little more blatant, and you don't have to fish for it as much about how smart Bakugo is. Um, and he's just really, and I love that this, like, we have this, like, this trio of the three of them. Cause, we, like, you know, like, Kaminari, him and Jiro always kind of had this thing where he was, like, an idiot. Jiro ripped on him for it. But Kaminari, I mean, he was, like, kind of a pervert with Minata, but he was always kind of, like, this third wheel no matter where he went. But now, like, him, Kirishima, and Bakugo, like, they're, like, the three musketeers. They're the boys, right? Like, so I like how they've kind of, like, made this party more solidified. Um, and they kind of did it, like, when they were going to the dorms, too. You know what I mean? Like, he basically, beat the crap out of Kaminari, paid back your Kirishima, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, and the meatball quirk is just so, so weird. Oh, yeah. I never want to see him again. I, I have a feeling we might see that school again and we might see him come up, but I never want to see his actual quirk used again. Ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which Please, I, no. But um, there was one there was one other thing I wanted to touch on with this. Um, no, I'm in the end of mind. I, I completely lost it. There was something else I had for this, but I, I can't remember at the moment. I mean, so the only other little group we have left was Ida and those last couple ones getting in. Is there anything about that part you want to move on? Or do you want to talk about the rescue one? Because I think, I mean, Aoyama just kind of giving up would no, be... No, no, no. No, no, no. So, no, no, no. I, so I, I actually... He was sacrificing himself. Yeah, so I, I actually, like, choked up rewatching this because this was actually really sad because yeah. Aoyama was basically... He was terrified. He was scared. And then you actually get, like, this weird little backstory about Aoyama. How he, like, he's, like... Like, it basically shows, like, we've gotten this with, like, your Raka and stuff like that where it shows him as a kid and he's like asking why he's so different and I'm like I don't know what their I don't know what their angle is with this I don't know if this is how he like how he basically is like over the top and like you know very French and everything like that or if this is going into sexuality or anything but like it was basically just like he like you know he wanted to do something like Ida basically like motivated him to wanting to have like purpose and that's basically what he did. He was like, okay, I'm going to go out. I'm going to distract everybody and you're going to get in and I'm going to be, I'm okay with this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this for you. And I was just like, I was like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't do this. Right. Like it was, it, it killed me, man. It was, it, I was, I was really sad watching this. Like, so yeah, I, really I guess I really scene. don't care for the character. So I, I guess I didn't have that emotional impact. I'm like, okay, well he's done. Oh no, I don't know. Like I don't like Ayama's always just gonna be kind of there, but like this is like it's it's like here his moment to shine. Here's like thirty seconds of character development up the Yang and just have fun dealing with it. And it just I don't know, it hit me like a Mack truck. Yeah, I, I had the same exact reaction. I was actually watching this episode today, and I, I felt the same way. It was like oh, like this is awesome. Like this was this was a really good little scene because like it was true. It was like what what could he have done really there? And he's like. Ida's always looking out for people and stuff, and I think he alludes that he's like he's like looking up to Ida here, where he's like, you know what, I'm I'm gonna do this 
there's nothing you can do to stop me. You're going to be you're going to be the one to move on from here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And basically, like, it's and like it, it was kind of Ida basically like giving him like motivation and stuff like that because he, t- he talks about how it was like his brother's been an inspiration for him and he wants to basically like you know he like there's a nice little conversation where Ida breaks off from the group because he was trying to try and find his classmates and everything like that he's the class rep he's okay if his friend like everybody else gets in and he doesn't right so that like I don't know man it was it was a lot of emotions all at once and then and then they get in then they all get on because of this beacon that like get like, helps out Koda helps out Tokoyami and like Koda I think Koda really just is like that's the thing that really does this in because Koda sends this massive flock of flock of like pigeons, like which just screws everybody up, and then it kind kind of gets everybody else in. So, yeah, no, two two very minor characters got like a ton of spotlight in like a very short period of time. So I, I was very happy with that. My boy Ayama, man, like I want it. It makes me want to know more about him now because like I want it. Like I want to know his backstory now, man. Yeah, like, same. Yeah, because it, it seems it seems kind of tragic. It seems like he's neglected. It sounds like his parents didn't like him, or he was constantly bullied. Like I mean, I, I yeah, I kind of want to know what his deal is. Yeah, I guess I don't have much to add for it because yeah, again, it wasn't a part of this entire kind of first half of the training exercise. It wasn't what got me excited. Um, I mean, I, I am happy that there was that the whole twenty there but i also wouldn't have been surprised if like one or two people didn't make it because every obviously everyone's not at the same level but again for story pacing it wouldn't make sense to have like one or two people left behind unless they're just going to remove them from the show pretty much well i do so. I, I like i do like that they at least like realize that some of them may they shouldn't have gotten through or some of them like there was that possibility that they probably didn't have a chance and aoyama was one of them right like just because of his character and how he was and everything like that but because of character development, he has a chance, like, you know, basically if that, that kind of saves it. I don't want to call it plot armor, but I think it basically is like, it, I think this was like good, good character development. Yeah, no, I'll agree with that. So I guess now I want to kind of move into the second half of the training exercises, talk about the rescue part of it. So, I mean, a couple of talking points is A, f- gang orca, like holy gang orca. crap, gang how orca. is he a pro hero? <laughs> um, that's something I want to talk about. Um, I want to talk about the NASA versus Todoroki relationship that was kind of building this entire kind of arc. And then also kind of the inexperience and the pro victims and kind of talking about how far behind class 1A really is compared to some of the other students here and how f- what parts of being a hero they haven't thought about those are three big things i want to talk about when we talk about other things of course too but i think we should kind of start with gang orca because i know both of you are so excited about him even though he comes into kind of towards the end of this yeah gang orca is he does rules. but we jump around whatever yeah, but yeah, yeah he's something you're both excited about yeah, so no, let's man. Go. gang orca is so like for anybody who didn't like who we uh, gang orca came up last episode and we talk about how sick gang orca is but we never really get into why gang orca is a mafia boss pretty much and he's the 10th time that's his aesthetic that's he's his aesthetic. not an actual mafia boss but he almost gives out that vibe because he has a horde of henchmen that basically help him with this with this um this this like simulation right and they're his guys that these are all his people so like he has this crate i don't know like, he has like a syndicate of hero like a hero syndicate i guess what would you call it like well i i think earlier uh like uh when they were doing their internships we established that they have agencies so i just assumed his agency is him and all his boys with him yeah all his guys who all wear the same stuff so they're all like you know 
Uh, and like he again, like his aesthetic, man. His aesthetic is so dialed in. He's the tenth top hero. He's the third most likely that you should think he's a villain out of all the heroes, which I think is like a really cool stat. They just kind of chuck at you, right? And like his tie is his tongue. Like, like yeah, like, and and also it doesn't he have like a little like cape thing too. His cape is like basically like his his rear like his like his fins. Ta- yeah, it's like his almost ta- like his his tail. It's like almost his backside into his tail and fins and stuff. But it comes off across like as this weird like cape slash trench coat thing. Like like I think yeah. I think out of character design, Gang Orca might be one of the best. He is amazing. I, I th- he's just so cool, and even like that like edgy look to him. He does this thing of where he's like walking in, and, and he, he like, has chucks just, like the he chucks the. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, he has this like tail like cape thing and he throws it up and it's like the in his syndicate behind him. It's so cool. Like he you he's totally right. He is such a well-designed character. Yeah, I think yeah, I think there's like there's really nothing and like even his powers, they they you know, he has like a sonic burst, which like apparently orcas can do, but not to the degree of the he can, of course. But I mean like yeah, he has like the sonic burst that can incapacitate people, which he does to Shindo like immediately. He just like he just destroys Shindo. Like so he has that and like you know he has of course like water powers and stuff but i i like there's just oh my god i could just i could just rave on and on about how cool gang orca is but like no what i what i want to know is just like i i would love to see the writer's room of where like uh the writer this was just sitting right he was just sitting and he was like thinking he's like okay well like we have all might and he's like kind of like superman and goku kind of put together and blah 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 and he's like all right, what if, like, this character is, is, is quirky he's an orca, but he has a mafia aesthetic? Like, <laughs> like is is that what just happened? He's kind or? of like, he's kind of like Scarface, you know what I mean? Like, in, like, in every, like, and I like, too, like, they don't make him look like a nice character because every time it kind of zooms in on him talking, it shows his eye, and his eye, like, it goes super, super, like, small. So it's yeah. not, like, you know, he makes him look really, really intense. His eye, and it's not like it like eye with like all the red and stuff like that. It makes him look very menacing and very scary. And like, I mean, he kind of like, like one of the eyes is like better off than the other one. So I'm like, they, they, like, there's, they pulled so much for this character, man. So I don't know. I don't think, I, Dylan, I don't think you and I have like raved over a character's aesthetic like this, like out of the entire series. I feel like you guys started talking about him like in episode one. <laughs> I, so I think he might be one of my favorite like non-main characters for mm. sure. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, out of like out of like the the top ten heroes and stuff like that. I think that he's definitely like one of the best. Like absolutely, and like he's only number ten, which like you know, it kind of I I I I I'm happy because they put him like he's definitely crazy, but he's not super crazy, right? So yeah, I mean he's an orca. You can only be so strong. Well, and that's just it, right? So he ma- like so he has a he has a mafia. And like, and I like that he's a character too. That like, Gang Orca is just like a, like I, I don't know, like as a hero name that's super cool to me, right? Like, because it's just so simple and so straightforward. But it sounds like really cool when you say it. So, yeah, I, I, I think are we are we done raving about Gang Orca, Dylan? Are we good? Yeah, I got it off my chest. For now, we, we we're good. We'll come back to this. We'll circle around. But we're going in the total reverse order. But I think the next thing to talk about while talking about Gang Orca is the Inasa versus Todoroki relationship. Yeah. Totally out of order, but these two are kind of tied together because obviously that really comes out when they have to go and fight Gang Orca. And, they, and, and they, James, you did, a, yeah, you did a really good job of kind of breaking down. Obviously, you love Inasa so much. Yeah. So I'd love to hear your kind of perspective about if Inasa is really in the right and the wrong, kind of maybe a little summary of 
how we got to this point a really quick one yeah so i went i went kind of like balls out before we started the show about like anasa and everything like that um and why he has this disdain towards Todoroki. they kind of build to it too because it basically shows and also like shooting these glances that in it they are very out of character for him and everything like that um but just to kind of give everybody a, a kind of my breakdown of anasa as a character um so Again, like I like I said pre- previously, like Anasa, I was super happy with him because he's super passionate about everything he does, and they do this in like a nice little flashback and how he finds he finds like happy like excitement in like learning and like everything he finds. Like it shows him like when he's a kid playing with like two cockroaches and he's like they're so cool. Like look look, look at these things, they're crazy, right? And he gets like and he wants to be a hero. He's inspired by heroes, and he tries to get an autograph from um, Endeavor, and Endeavor basically just like sh- throws him aside as he's like a little little kid. And the big thing that threw him off was that, like, he looks at Endeavor's eyes and he sees, like, pure hatred, right? And he's like, that's not what a hero should be to me and, like, everything like that. So, but he, he it's not like he deviates from his path of wanting to be a hero, but, like, the, the, like, Endeavor sticks out in his head and it really, like, you know, left a bad taste in his mouth. So then, then we get into the, the whole thing with basically, we go back to um, why he didn't go to UA. And on day one, and they even talk about, like, Todoroki even brings this up. He's like, I should have seen this guy on exam day. I should have seen this guy. And, Anasa was basically being his usual passion itself and goes to approach Todoroki and he sees he basically catches like the side of Todoroki's face and he sees Todoroki's eyes and it's like exactly like Endeavor and that's why he dropped that's that's the end so I mean for me that like it shows that this character like you know he actually has some depth he's not just actually this super passionate like you know and he's just like over the top like ADD kind of character where they uh, I think they kind of presented him as who's all powerful and stuff like that but he actually is like no he has like some emotional baggage that he's kind of carrying around from being a kid and he's really really thrown off by by like you know the Endeavor lineage and they even talk about Endeavor too on how endeavors character he's not worthy of being number one hero because they have somebody so good with so many values as all might who's like you know was very deserving of the number one hero but endeavor like again like he fights with hatred he's like he's he's crash he's blunt he's he's over the top he doesn't deserve to be number one hero so they need to kind of like they, they it's kind of this underlying tone throughout the entire exam where they need to like kind of figure out they need to get a bunch of people who have the same ideals as him as, as the same ideals as all might so endeavor doesn't really need to be in that top spot because he's a bad influence so and, and you can tell anas is trying to like rectify this whole thing and basically be this like you know because i hate to say it but like he's all might turned up to 11 you know what i mean he's super passionate about everything he's over the top about apologizing everything like that he's annoying i love him he's the best so i and i i, I think i think somebody like anasa would be a good higher tier hero because again because of his personality and how he is and stuff like that right because I, I he bring he's he's the embodiment of like what a lot of other people want like what they want for from heroes so that's my that's my like splurge on anasa and why he is and why him and todoroki get into it and why they don't why they don't get along fighting gang or they basically get their ass kicked because they're they're feuding the entire time and it also until the very end until the very end right and and of course izuku's the one like hey idiots stop fighting while i grab shindo because shindo just got his ass kicked <laughs> but uh so and that's when they kind of like they kind of like spew it out and talk it out kind of thing right it's ultimate todoroki's reason he doesn't pass because him and anasa get into it but um yeah that's why that's why anasa is a great character and that's why anasa and todoroki don't get along Dylan. I, I I really love a lot of it, Dylan. I'll let you talk in a second, but I just feel like Anas is all about being the right hero and not being kind of in the wrong way. 
but how he treated towards Todoroki and how he didn't focus on saving people and instead decided to fight and kind of prove he was like better kind of contradicts his character in a lot of ways. I I, I feel if I feel like if he was really trying to be that model kind of hero and he's so passionate about everything that he'd be very passionate about trying to do everything he can to protect and maybe taking this up afterwards. Like maybe a quick fight, but not the drawn out fight that they had seems a little out of character to me, despite knowing how passionate he is and where that comes from. It seems like someone that saw what he didn't want to be, he kind of turned into that, and that's what caused them both to fail. So I'm gonna I'm gonna argue that because we do actually see Anasa in like a like a, in, in a in a uh, ref, like like trying to save people. We can we're getting with the with the with the actors and stuff like that. He basically like he he's you can tell he like. He they and they the 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 people they hire to basically be rescued they get to talk about it he has them in the air and he's coordinating all the stuff around him and stuff like that so you can tell he's he 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 has the right stuff to be a hero and be one of the best heroes you know what I mean because he 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 like he has that depth as a character with I'm his, not disagreeing with that but I think I think we're also bringing up an issue that is super deep seated too right because this is when he was a kid he tried to get an autograph and it just and he sees like this 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 character who's supposed to be the pinnacle of being a hero and it's just his eyes are like you know so like evil right like it's he's but that causes you to throw away something that you're working so hard to do like obviously he didn't know that was instantly going to fail him but clearly it wasn't what he should have done to pass the exam and he wanted so hard not to be that and he turned into that which is so contradictive of everything we saw of him being powerful yes a little unexperienced but he was doing everything it took to actually be a good hero and that was such a contradictive thing that came out of somewhere because I don't feel like getting an autograph and seeing someone not happy and then seeing their son having that same relationship would turn you off that much of something you've worked so hard on your entire life. So you said you said one key thing and he's inexperienced. He's also emotionally inexperienced too because he's a, he's the only first year, right? And his like you got to think too. His emotions are turned up to eleven, right? So I think I think that's a huge factor dylan do you agree with me yeah i was gonna just say the boys got baggage yeah and he and again like he and again he's emotional and we, like that's it's literally like shoved down your face that he's emotional right so if you're having all that passion turned up 11 of course you're gonna have the baggage turned up to 11 too despite how minor it might appear like it's definitely it's definitely something that phases him in a big way right all right fair enough i'll give you that you give me that go ahead don't. so Something in this scene that's also really cool is we get to see the all the students that get in on recommendations as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I know that was something that we were originally talking about in the first episode, like, oh, well, who else was actually in there? And I, 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 I'm kicking myself now because I saw it and I didn't like I saw it, but I didn't like take a screenshot of it. I should have done that. But I did notice that Class 1B's uh, Juzo. No, they're not there. Class 1B is at a different training no, no, facility. No, he's saying no, 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 recommendation. In on recommendation, the fl- there's a flashback of of um of all of this happening of where he like snubs oh. him because he was supposed to be there and I I totally forgot to take a screenshot of it, but I did remember seeing Juzo there cuz he's the one with like the exposed teeth and the white yeah. hair. Yeah. And he so I did see him there and I don't remember the other characters, but I know we went back and we we're like, I, I, who else got in? Like, yeah, I don't know we who had to else look it up. In. I remember us having to like. Yeah, actually we, we've gone over it. It was one of those. It was some girl from class one B that has a lizard quirk. Can't remember what her name is, but she's like Sue, but a lizard. Yeah. So, yeah, there's my there's my big binge on Inasa and his character design and like all that good stuff. Um, I'm down. I'm down with him. Wanna- 
Yeah, I, I, I like him, but I feel like he might become a semi-major character going forward. I hope so, dude. Give me more of this like, guy. Expect, especially kind of going into a world where there are more and more villains, and obviously we're seeing students become heroes younger and younger, that it could be someone they bump into in a big-scale fight or something like that. We'll see that kind of for uh, like the season four predictions, but uh, they've put way too much time into him for them just never to talk about him again. Mm, they, that uh, yeah. entire school got way too much time to not be brought up again later. Yeah, well, I think we'll see more of them. Uh, the final thing is the Help Us Company. Yeah, the Help Us Company, and I forgot what like their acronym was for like the actual professional. Uh, it, it was Huck. It was Huck, wasn't it? It was just Huck. Huck. Yeah, it was yeah. Huck. Yeah. So like, yeah, um, and like I like Ciro has a great explanation about it. He's like. It's something you don't think about, but it makes total sense given given how our society's kind of structured now, right? You need people to do this, right? So and it's not a bad job. It seems like a good job, yeah, exactly, right? And you and you get to see too all these other schools who clearly focus on this stuff, who don't have these crazy shenanigans happening to them that only like you know a, a, like a like a main character school would have happen. They're like super well coordinated at rescue efforts because they had actually the time to like practice them and do stuff, right? They know they know how well, to use. It's the also the actual year and difference too that it's they true. focus they, on. It's not it's not just because like oh UA of gets attacked every two months. Well, no, it's like they they said something like that. Well. This shows the true, as I was said something about like this shows the true difference in, in experience between all the other schools and uh, class one A or UA. Just because this isn't something that you focus on year one of a uh, training school, because mm-hmm. year one you're trying to perfect your quirk and get used to it and get used to being what a hero means. Like even when I first saw it, I'm like, oh yeah, like in an emergency, like they can't just bring everyone. Like helicopters need to come in, like a rescue center, and knowing basic triage and stuff like that. I'm like. Holy crap, like yeah, you'd need to do all that in like a natural disaster. And even even if things had gone perfect, it wouldn't have been things you learn in year one. It's like it's like a business student. Like there's things you learn in year four that you don't learn in year one and that, that experience inexperience shows, but it's required to be a good hero, and that's why class one A had to work so much harder and as a team to really be able to do it and think more about it. Well, everyone else had a natural kind of hero reaction that you see from Deku so often is the best comparison. They also got bailed out by that one actor. That one actor bailed them out real hard. He could have just yeah. kind of helped him. He just could have failed their asses, but he was like, "No, this is what you have to do, guys." Like, and I was like, "Well, they don't want to fail. Them. They want these students to become heroes." I mean, I mean, they're there for assessment, though. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. I thought I thought it was kind of like a handout. You know what I mean? I thought that was a bit of a bit of a bit of plot armor. It, it was a bit of class one A armor for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I like I do I, I do I, I like that you get to see like these other. These other like schools, it's like, uh, like you know, it, it reminds you that like you know, yeah, UA's at the top, but the, these schools, these other schools aren't, they're not bad either, right? These guys know. Yeah, and I did like in this scene of uh, you know Bakugo like yelling at uh, you know all the all the survivors and him ultimately failing because of that. Mm. Totally made sense because like if you think about his character right now, it's like yeah, he he's terrible at rescue and he's gonna be bad at it. Of course, he's gonna fail, and I'm glad they did that because it. It, it it definitely didn't seem like they gave everyone plot armor, so I was I was a little bit glad about that because he was he's especially someone that heavily stands out that like he should not have passed this right now because mm. he still hasn't come over that yet. Yeah, like I mean, we do sing praises to how smart Bakugo is and how much he thinks stuff out and stuff, but he's like like it was this it was the whole thing with his internship. Best Genius was trying to groom this out of him. Like that was like the one thing he was like, I'm trying to make you prim and proper because you have to be, you have to be prim and proper as a hero, right? So we're like, you know, 
it makes me wonder how like Endeavor got through. You know what I mean? With Endeavor being the way he is. But yeah. uh and yeah, I was no. a little bit worried at first because like he had the scene of like him yelling at the people and the people were like, oh, man, did he realize that like we weren't actually high priority like victims or whatever? Like I was like, are you serious? Like, are they really going to like give him this give bone him this, or yeah. whatever? And then they ultimately didn't, which was which was good. Yeah. So, like, I mean, they basically like, I mean, he could still have figured it out. You know what I mean? You almost you almost think he did realize that they were like not a priority, but it's still like the presentation. Right. It still comes down to that key aspect. Right. So. But yeah, no, I really like the whole like the whole fact that there's a whole company of hired actors who just are trained to be who trained to be rescued, like you know, like who helped with this training stuff. I think that's such a a nice again, it's another crazy good world building thing. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's really where we should kind of wrap it up and move yeah. in the last couple episodes because we have a couple more episodes that have pretty heavy stuff in it still Dylan you have one more point I'll let you do that but let's uh, hold on too long yeah is one quick thing I want to talk about Sue and her new ultimate ability which she has like the the frog camo oh yeah which yeah, now yeah. just makes her a better version of uh the invisible girl Hagakure yeah. it just she's just a better Hagakure now except Hagakure can blind people which we get in that whole Ayama like sacrifice myself thing because we actually start seeing her reflecting light and like blinding people yeah i I mean luckily they gave that to her because like dang she was almost very useless she was and she's already kind of useless but now 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 we kind of figure out like how she kind of works and how she actually like she may not be technically invisible she just reflects light to the point where it makes it invisible i guess yeah and i think uh like we'll, we'll come up on this a little bit later on too but like really looking at your quirk and seeing what it is and what you can do with it goes a long way. So like maybe they are actually going to end up doing something with it. And maybe she is a lot more powerful than we think. Mm-hmm. I hope, I hope they kind of, I kind of dish that out because I mean, a lot of characters, you kind of get what you, you get, you can kind of get what you see and they, uh, they for the most part do a good job of like building onto that. But with her, they really haven't done jack shit. You know what I mean? So hopefully, oh yeah, this was like step one of like flushing her out a little more. All right, let's move in the last four episodes of season three for the last couple of episodes of actual recaps. Um, next episode is going to be a talk about a quirk. Obviously, it starts with finding out who gets their um, provisional licenses, which we already talked a little bit. Todoroki and Baku are the only ones that failed along with the NASA. Um, Midoriya tries to talk to Kami afterwards, but she says she wasn't feeling well and, and left early. This is where we find out that it was actually Toga in disguise as a quirk allows her to transform into those who blood she consumes. Um, she returns to the League of Villains with Midoriya's blood, which was the takeaway from this is that she did get some of the blood, which means in the future she could inter- uh, impersonate her. Um, all for one interrogates all, I mean, all might interrogates all for one in prison, um, with the latter gloating about what he's accomplished despite being pretty much dead. All might dev- uh, vows that, um, he's going to help Shigaraki, um, and Midori at the same time, but all, um, all for one is kind of talking about how much more confident he feels in his protege versus all mites. Um, Bakugo has Midoriya meet him in the middle of the night where they had that very first Maka match. He reveals that he's figured out the secret behind Midoriya's quirk after witnessing All for One. Um, he kind of understands everything after what he said to him in the past and all that, that he has a very strong connection to All Might. Um, frustrated with uh, Midoriya's progression and his acknowledgement from All Might, Bakugo wants to fight Deku. 
In the next episode, Deku versus Kachan Part 2. Bakugo fights close and fast to Midoriya that doesn't give him time to strategize, but Midoriya allows to manage to go up from 5% to 8% of his overall power and ultimately kind of became much more powerful and the fight got that much closer. But Bakugo still ends up winning after pinning Midoriya to the ground. All Might does show up at the end and kind of experience the whole fight and informs Bakugo that he shouldn't be blaming himself for All Might's retirement and all that because we did get kind of an emotional outburst from Bakugo about what he's kind of feeling about being captured and being the reason that All Might kind of um, is no longer All Might. Um, we formed the two heroes that they kind of lack what um, the other one has, that Midoriya's convictions to save others and Bakugo's desire to win. Um, they end up finding the balance between the two, so we'll prove both of them as heroes. Um, we take them back to both the dorms. Well, as I was spent both the two from classes for a couple of days, um, Midoriya for three, Bakugo for four. Um, despite the outcome, he feels like that this is really going to turn them into proper rivals rather than kind of that weird relationship as they had of kind of a bully and a bully. Um, a bullier and a bully? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you can say bully and a bully. I guess so, a yeah. Just for, just for clarification. Bully. Yeah, I know. I said that wrong. I thought that sounded <laughs> so much better in my head. Um, the next episode, a season four encounters. Um... Twice observes the toy, uh, twice the villain observes the change in society after All Might's retirement, noting how the combination of All Might's absence and the public unease of endeavor um, has really taken a surge in villain's activity. We learn a little bit more about his quirk that if he um, kind of create too many copies of himself, eventually they all just killed himself, and he kind of turned this into this multi personality that he kind of has going on. Um, he witnesses a villain named Overhaul kill another group of villains that are kind of low level thugs. Um, and then back while at UA, they hold their opening um, ceremony where a uh, principal announces that the first year students will be getting uh, work hero work studies earlier than usual due to the rising, uh, the rising villain threat. Midoriya returns to class after a couple of days of house rest where Aizawa introduces the big three, the top three students of UA who will be helping class 1A with their hero work studies. Um, in the final episode of the season, which will catch us all the way up before season four, is going to be titled Unrivaled. Um, at the League of Villains hideout, uh, Twice brings the special visitor Overhaul and the other group um, with interest of joining the League of Villains. Uh, Shigaraki resents the fact that Twice special guest is too huge to team up um, is too, too huge to team up with successfully. Um, meanwhile, Midoriya and his classmates go on the battle test with Miro, who's one of the big three, to prepare for the next steps um, to becoming a real pro hero. And that, my friends, is how we entirely catch up, excluding the movie, which is in the past anyways, to where season four will begin in just a couple of weeks. So the big talking points, obviously, Bakugo and Dekugo fight, and that realization that there's now another person that now knows about um, all for one. Um, the big three and mainly Miro and how badass he is um, is really the two big points that I want to talk about from these couple of episodes um, and there is some talk about the League of Villains we want to bring into it but I'll kind of hand it over to you guys where you want to talk but I think the Bakugo versus Deku is the best place to really start I, yeah. I, think, I think you mean Goku versus Vegeta I think that's I think <laughs> that is totally what this dynamic is like and one it's I think it's an amazing fight like the choreography for it mm. is really good Animation it's really hype and it really shows up a lot of their skill, which I think is really cool. Um, but two, I love it because it's every interaction they have like this. Every interaction Baku and uh, Deku have, or it's just like perfect, right? 
it's perfect. I love it because it's it's them building off of each other and you're finding more about Bakugo and you're finding more about like how Deku feels about uh, Bakugo and it's great and it's awesome. And there's a lot of that exchange during this because even though the fight's really good, you have a lot of great exchanges on a lot of really good emotions going back and forth. And the fight is crazy. The fight is insane because like when Bakugo breaks down at the end, it's like damn like <laughs> damn and i and i i feel like i keep saying that after every big moment with him but it's it's true because like when he's breaking down about how guilty he feels it's like i feel it right here i feel right here in my heart when he does that because you do realize he really wants to be the best and he looked up to, like all might was his hero and like he feels that like he essentially killed his hero and it's like damn dude yeah, it's 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 heartbreaking, man. Like, it, it, like yeah, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, we never seem to get a, like a, like a Bakugo isolated moment when he's like like when you get something super focused on him. Not like the stuff when he like fights other people, but as soon as you get anything with Bakugo, you're like, oh man, like because again, like we've talked about this like time and time again. We f- constantly feel like we're trying to flesh out stuff about Bakugo ourselves, and then once it gets delivered to us, it just seems to do it in tenfold. Because you're just like, Jesus, man, they deliver his character so well. And yeah, he basically feels like he killed All Might. Like, he feels like he's the reason, right? And like, I mean, and you got to think too, like, again, a guy who wanted to surpass this guy, that was his, like, his core motivation is that All Might was his hero, yeah, but his ultimate goal was to be better than All Might because that's who his motivation was. And to have that cut short because he essentially caused it, like, it does a trip to him, man. Yeah, and not only that, but just... Also, like, the way that his and Midoriya's relationship lines up of where, like, Midoriya never had that quirk. And so even though he was always looking up to Bakugo and he was always trying to, like, give Bakugo his all, like, emotionally give him his all, whenever he did that, he does come on really strong a lot of times. And, I mean, a lot of characters say this, too, but he is a little preachy and stuff, too. And so, like, it's understandable that Bakugo was, like why do you think you're like on this other level than me? Like not even like on a power level, but just like, like uh, I guess like his emotional oh, level. A, a morality seems like, issue. Yeah. Like morality. Level, yeah. yeah. Morality. It seems like he's looking down from his perspective. And it, so it's like, yeah. And I kind of understand why you hate Deku. Cause like, I guess from your eyes, he's kind of a preachy, like annoying kid, like yeah, well, seeming that he's better. Well, Todoroki even touched on this when they were in the when they were in the woods where he's like, dude, you can come out. You can like you hit nerves you, and you try and hit nerves. Right. So yeah. and like Bakugo's been kind of subjected to this his entire life. Right. So um, I can see why. Yeah, he's he's kind of sick of it. Right. So, like, yeah, this oh, dude, they, like, you get I don't know, like as the, as the series kind of got on, I got like a little more like irked and irked by like, you know, very Izuku focused episodes but i think with so much bakugo influence it's just like man like this is so good this is so so good and it's really cool to see like i mean they obviously they bring it up very heavily but like yeah deku is getting influenced by bakugo because he wants to be like him and so when he like whenever like deku runs into a situation yeah he's emulating all might but he's also emulating bakugo too because like that's his two heroes like that's the two people he looks up to because like he was saying in during that scene that like yeah all might was like my hero and stuff but like bakugo you were there like you were there in my life you were the one literally showing off your powers every single day and that's why why i want to be like you and i want to surpass you and it's like hell yeah i love this i love this relationship i love the dynamic and i love how they're just like even after they kind of like squash the beef a little bit they're still like, we are rivals. Mm. We are going to become better than each other. 
but like it was even like Andrew was saying, like it, it goes away from this bully or bully relationship to like true rivals, right? Yeah. And my and my 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 big favorite thing about this this whole fight is Bakugo still wins. Bakugo still wins the fight, which show like and like I'm very happy that we're nowhere as close to you know Bakugo being surpassed by by well I wouldn't say nowhere's close but we're getting there but like it's still like he still has that edge this is still his field right so I'm happy that's still something that the show wants to remind us like Bakugo still got it like he's not like you know despite Zuku having this crazy like his power train is like scaling up a lot quicker than Bakugo Bakugo is not like he's not like he's slouching off either right yeah, and so for anyone keeping score at home, because I know I am, um, I, I guess I forgot to bring it up a little bit earlier, but I am considering the the score four three when Deku gets his license over Bakugo, because mm-hmm. that definitely is for sure a win on on that, and I think Bakugo is hit really hard when he doesn't get his license, and you know everyone else, including Deku, does. And with this, I will say it's all tied up because Bakugo absolutely wins. He beats that boy. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so it's yeah. currently tied up, and I think I think it's a good place for it to be tied up too. You, you think the show knows? Do you think the show is like you think the show is keeping tabs too? I feel because I mean, like we're four four at the end of the third I, season. I feel like it isn't because for some of these I am pulling. For some it, of these, I feel like I am stretching. You a little are bit. definitely stretching on some. <laughs> of No, these. but I this is this is my score. I think it's correct, and uh, this is what we're going to be going by for sure. Submit I'm it the to them, keep, dude. I'm the one keeping track. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. So our next thing was what, Andrew? What was our next thing we were moving into? Um, we can talk a little bit about the League of Villains. We got some introduction of Twice and all that kind of stuff. If you didn't want to go into that, the other one is the Big Three and Miro. Okay, so would be the other big talking point for the, or the main part of these episodes. I think we should definitely close on Miro. I think Miro is a good person to close on in the rest of the Big Three because they're the other two aren't slouches either. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah. So let's let's talk about let's talk about Twice. Let's talk about Deadpool. Because you, I don't like. I don't know why they picked twice to give like a whole like isolated explanation towards. Like I don't know. Right, I would have much rather Toga, or even a little bit more on Shigaraki. Give me Dobby, dude. Give me Dobby's background. Or Dobby too. I agree. Any of them. I feel like I, I didn't hate it. Um, I didn't hate it like, either. It was, but yeah, like, I don't I, think it was it's a bad just choice. A weird thing to throw in there. That like out of all the people that could have monologued. I think maybe because he has so many personalities that he can like talk from a different perspective than some of the other villains. Maybe that's why they chose him, that they could kind of give a more realistic view of kind of like how the world is kind of falling apart and how Endeavor's not doing enough and that they felt he was the one that made the most sense to give a very realistic approach for mm. viewers to understand. I think that would have been my best guess because he has so many different personalities yeah, or he, approaches that he has. Yeah, I think that was actually the case because he's kind of like... Like a blank slate so to speak because like his 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 like costume version is really turned on like he's really turned on and he's a lot when whenever he has his costume on and i think they were able to flesh it out a little bit and go like hey here's like his unmasked version let's give him a little bit of a backstory and then also he can be kind of like a, a blank narrator so to speak I like it makes me wonder like if twice is even meant to be really a villain you know what i mean and it's just kind of like where he's kind of developed towards um just because of him kind of kind of losing it you know what i mean more or less well i mean that's i think he was talking about that a little bit when he was monologuing of where he was just like you know not everyone's meant to be heroes some of us were just like thrown into the rabble and mm-hmm. he kind of got swept up into it and then ended up falling in with the the league of villains yeah exactly right so i i yeah again not a not a bad choice, but definitely like 
I'm, yeah, I, I think it's really it, is that his perspective is like a ve- like a very neutral one out of the League of Villains. And it definitely seems like from his perspective, like we really get like eyes like on the ground and stuff that like the episode's Endeav- bad. Stuff's bad right now. Yeah, stuff it is, is not stuff good. Is real bad. Yeah, exactly. So I know we're I know we're closing in on using a lot of time. So let's go to let's go to the big three. Let's go to Miro. So Andrew, I feel like Miro's kind of your boy. I fucking love this kid. <laughs> his personality, his upbeat, but you kind of see that he what really impresses him. I love that they really do this. Is that um, after he pretty much destroys the entire class one A minus Todoroki. Um, the, the entire class like oh your quirk's so unfair like you have multiple quirks and all that kind of stuff and then they kind of break it down like no it's that he works that hard that he has that same drive that Midoriya and Bakugo and Todoroki has that he puts in so much time outside of class of finding the best way to make his quirk his and not actually focusing on uh just like being a hero, he's training to make sure a hero. So, like, I admire someone that works super hard. I love his personality. I love his quirk. The falling off of clothes and all that kind of stuff. And, oh, he didn't show his willy this time and all that. I love the atmosphere around him. I love him so much and all that. No, he's a really cool character. I like the big three overall. I'm so excited to see more of them because, like, they rule. All of them are cool. They're, like, really over the top, I think. And I, I'm down for it. Like, the other two, like, are a little bit less, like, cool in the way that, like, I like them a lot as characters. Like, um, they, like, come on really strong. It's like, okay, I, I, I get your personality. I know what you're all about. But, like, I, I don't know. His, his ability, though, is so cool. Like, the phasing thing and how they explain it and how mm. it's, like, oh, yeah, we think it's, like, like originally, like, I it was not a good ability because, like, I can't do anything when I'm phasing. But, like, I eventually learned to turn it into something really cool and it's, like, yeah, I'm totally on board with you, Andrew. He's he's he rules. He's sick. Yeah, I cannot wait that he's going to be probably one of the biggest uh, characters in season four, and that is what makes me the most excited because he's just this goofy, fun-loving kid, but he's also not going to fuck around, and he is going to be the number one hero. And I and like they like they even said, as I was said, that he's probably better that he would be like in the top ten heroes right now if he wasn't in school. Yeah, and also he looks like All Might a little bit too. Like he he's yeah, like he's gives like off big, that vibe. He's like blonde and he's like longer hair. And it's like oh he he does totally give off the vibe. I don't know. So for me, his like his aesthetic was like I don't know if anybody watched Tintin growing up, but yeah. like, you like Miro is Tintin, right? Buff so Tintin, Buff Tintin, right? But yeah, like just to kind of go back to like his quirk explanation, like I think that's really cool that they've actually like this is one of the first characters that we've gotten really like you know we we're introduced to him initially, and then it's like he actually he's actually able to give his explanation on how his power, how he's made his quirk work for him, right? We don't really get to see that with like anybody who's not like super into the show right now like Azawa and stuff like that you know what I mean like Azawa's got his like quirk sapping abilities and stuff like that but we never really get into like how it kind of came about um but like because like you gotta think too like Azawa like takes quirks from people how did he figure that out how did he figure out he could do that right but with Miro we kind of get all of it we get all of it right at once which is sick you, you just don't get that so I'm really I'm really happy I'm really happy with Miro like I mean I know a lot of people love Miro but He's he's like for good reason, right? He's pretty dope. And his costume, I know we don't get to see it at all, but any of the art that you see for Miro's costume, he looks freaking amazing. Yeah. And I guess we should make a mention to um oh, I'm gonna butcher these day uh names. Hado Najiri and uh 
Taka Tamaki Amajiki. <laughs> I think I think we gave it our all there. Yeah, yeah that was good. That, was, that definitely wasn't bad. That that is about the best you're gonna get out of me. So we don't learn anything about the quirks. We don't really learn their names. Um, we learn a little bit about their personalities. Um, Tamaki is very shy and is not able to speak in front of classes, but obviously very powerful. All three of them were. Not to make a pun off the quirks, but quirky. They are both kind of weird and weren't what a lot of people expected the top three students at UA to be. Um, he was very shy and did not want to talk from the class. While um, Hato was very ditzy, almost. Yeah. That like she was very questionable. She was very fun, but very stupid. Almost it came across and that she does have those moments where she can't be more serious, but her normal personality is very ditzy. Yeah. Whenever she went up to Pinky and was like kept touching her horns it was mad <laughs> uncomfortable and yeah. like pinky's just there like oh god please stop please stop touching my horns yeah i actually i actually like the like the the standoffish like really like shy dude because you know, like i've act, like for any and i'm sure anybody who kind of watched the show to kind of like wants to kind of find out more of these guys if you actually go research or research his quirk it is super cool i just googled it and it's holy crap it's cool not gonna talk about either one no. of their quirks i was curious right now because we'll i'm sure we'll find out very early on next season because again the big three was not introduced for no reason at the end of the season all three of them are going to be major characters you even see it in like the posters and some of the little advertisement for next season they're heavily shown so these three will be a very big part of this upcoming arc and i'm super excited to see more about them yeah so but, go ahead uh, yeah i mean what i mean anything else you want to talk about i'm trying to wrap it up a little bit here i want to try to keep it under two hours today but if we can, we can talk about one more thing here from this last couple episodes if there's something you want to talk about before we do plus ultra rewards well we do have the we do have the the the, the special visitor that tries to link up with the league of villains we do have that that thing which we don't really get much of an explanation about but it adds another villain to the fold right um wasn't that overhaul no, this is something else entirely, and I only know this because I actually went out and looked it up. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's another, it's another like basically, uh, it's like another bad guy angle is probably the best way of selling. Like, like the dude with the the, the beak, the yeah. beak. Yeah, that's overhaul. Overhaul is it? That's I don't think it's yeah, overhaul. His villain's name is overhaul. Is it the, yes. the beak dude? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, overhaul. Yeah. So if anybody wants to really understand overhaul's angle, kind of Google him if you want, or wait until the anime. It's up to you. But like, there, it's an angle. When I when I kind of looked it up, I was just like, oh, I forgot about that. But I guess that would be a thing. So just to kind of wait, wait, wait to read it or watch it. Yeah. Don't Google it. Don't or don't Google. It's up to you. you go read in the manga because it is in the manga. Yeah. Go read something. Go read. Go read, go read a book. All right, but let's kind of wrap this super long with super good episode up with each one of our plus ultra awards. Anyone feel super confident in theirs? Otherwise, I can do start with mine if you wish. Mm, you start with yours. Give me a second. Um, I am obviously going to start with someone that I kind of praised very heavily this episode. It's going to be Bakugo, by far number one. His character development, and even though he didn't pass the exam, kind of towards the end, figuring out the quirk and kind of that emotional outbreak, I, I really love the side of Bakugo, and by far, he really, really impressed me. Um, number two is going to be someone I am entirely blanking on right now, so I'm going to go on to number three, and I'll come back to that. <laughs> um, Momo, uh, Yara Rosa. Um, really kind of impressed me and kind of came out of her shell and that she helped all four of them. All, none of them were going to pass if it wasn't for her and being there and being so smart and kind of coming together. So I was really happy to um, see that and how um, 
while she uh, kind of came out of that situation. And who's the and, third that you can't remember the name of? Oh, Kaminari. Okay. Again, I was really happy with him. And again, that he was someone that um, obviously I wanted to give a Deku, but I'm trying to hard not to give it to Deku because you guys, even though you both give it to Bakugo every single episode, so it's a little hypocritical. <laughs> but I wanted to give it to Kaminari. Don't give me that, Dylan. I don't care. Um, that I want to give it to Kaminari because, again, he was a reason that Kirishima and um, Bakugo both made it on the final round and even had a chance. Um, he really worked hard and he kind of admitted to where his faults were and took advantage of that and it ended up working out for him and pretty much defeating someone that I would consider much stronger than him in terms of Cork. So I was really happy with that. And he was someone that did kind of shine during that. And his room wasn't that bad either. <laughs> go ahead, Dylan. So I, I, I want to go next because surprisingly, my list lines up very close to yours, Andrew. I thought you did a really good job, except I, I didn't choose Bakugo this time because I didn't think he went plus ultra. I didn't choose Deku because I didn't think he went pl- plus ultra either. So I chose Yaya Rosa. Obviously, I thought, mm-hmm. you know, she, she did well. She she knocked it out of the park, went plus ultra. Very good moments. Kaminari, he was awesome. I thought he was doing a really sick job. And my I already last know your third. My, no, I know you already know my third because as soon as I say it, you're going to roll your eyes. But Aoyama. Yeah, there it is. I thought he went plus ultra because at that moment of where he was like, I cannot do anything. He was like, I'm going to look out for Ida. You're going to get it, dude. I'm going to do this thing for you. And he just went and did it. And like it ended up being really good for the whole class. But I think even without knowing it was going to be for the whole class, he had to get it because he went above and beyond there. Yeah. So for my three, it is Aoyama is on there. I wanted to lead with Aoyama because I think, again, like he this see this the, uh, thankfully this like section of episodes was a lot easier to like go into like these kind of offshoot characters because it wasn't so like main cast driven um so you get to see these moments of shine like like ayama so yeah ayama definitely one anasa i'm not giving it to anasa anasa actually didn't go plus wow. ultra. he didn't go plus ultra because because i mean i i love this season because we get to see character building for anasa but he like he, he basically sabotaged himself same reason i'm not giving it to like todoroki you know what i mean because the two of them basically let them like you know they they were kids you know what i mean so it kind of it kind of backfired i'm giving him to bakugo i mean he bakugo definitely deserves it especially after our fight our goku vegeta fight um and we getting so much information of him and the last one is kaminari kaminari definitely gets it too kaminari has always been like a big fan favorite of mine throughout the entire show and for him to actually just like 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 dylan said like he recognizes he has issues and what he needs to address and uh, yeah, like uh, that's literally what I said. You, I don't give credit. No, no, to no that Dylan. was that was Andrew. That was totally what no, Andrew said. Andrew? I didn't, okay, I didn't sorry, say that. Bad. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. There we go. So yeah, I'm de- I'm definitely lining up with you with Kaminari because he yeah man he should he he wow. he would have lost against uh, Stagey. So I'm, I think this is the closest we've been out of all the seasons so far. So well, I'm really I'm really impressed on that. Well, Minato didn't have a shining like a shining reason. So like they yeah, I know. Him. If he would have had thirty more seconds, he would have got it. Let's be honest <laughs> here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was all it, right. Just to just a note, just to end the end note, it was a close top up between Saro and um Saro and Kaminari. Is no Saro Saro did really good. He did really yeah. good during the exams. He laid it down and I think he he had one of the highest scores too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Saro actually killed it because he he excelled not only at being like uh like offensive but defensive as well because because his quirk is so multi purpose, right? Which I think is sick. Like I'm glad they give somebody like I mean super super like super effective tape. Like that's good. you're gonna use that everywhere. So I'm happy they're actually like, hey Saro, you're actually you're actually a good hero. Yeah. 
But I think we should wrap up this incredibly long episode, much longer <laughs> than I thought we were going to go today. But it was really good. It was a lot of discussion. There's so much to talk about and break down and go into depth because we are introduced to so many characters versus last arc where it was just kind of two characters fighting for half of it. So there's a lot more to kind of break down here. So it was a little longer. But just a reminder that this is our last and final season recap. So we will now be going into one movie review, which will be next week. The following week will be our preview and kind of expectations for season four. And then we start season four. We are two weeks away from the start of a new season, at least at a time of recording. So it's hype, guys. I were incredibly excited for it. Thank you all that have kind of gone through with us on this season recaps. And we hope that a lot of you do join us and enjoy the movie review as well. But we're getting close. So it has been phenomenal. I am so excited for this. And I obviously, um, I hope you guys have enjoyed it as well. But with that, um, thank you all for attending this week's class. Um, very, very rough outro. Yeah, but very rough I got outro. Lost. Yeah, so it's it's all good. So yeah, we um we already said what we're gonna kind of be covering into the next week. But if anybody who's listening now to this very very long episode in the previous long episode before this, be sure to tell your friends. Um, they will get shorter. They'll get significantly shorter. We'll be doing it on an episodic basis, which should be a lot easier to listen to. Um, but yeah, we're on pretty much every podcasting platform and any podcasting platform that you can leave a review, we would greatly appreciate a five star as it really helps everybody. And make sure you check out poppedoff.com and twitter.com slash popped underscore off for all the updates on, on class one a and all the other stuff we do. We do a lot of stuff and it's all really good. Go check out all the other stuff we do, please. But with that, that'll end this week's session. We hope to see you all back in class next Saturday.